Hello and welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever. There's all kinds of family. We chose this one. This is episode 53, Too Fast, Too Furious, Lap 5. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe Tu, and this episode is brought to you by Chapman School of Seamanship. Founded by the late Charles F. Chapman and the late Glenn D. Castle, the Chapman School has trained over 20,000 students since opening its doors in 1971. The Chapman School of Seamanship. Located in uh, convenient Stewart, Florida on St. Lucie Boulevard. They knew that we were doing this one. They are like, look, we've always wanted to be a sponsor for a Fast and Furious podcast, doing a second movie for the fifth time. Specifically when someone is watching these movies for the first time. Exactly. So they get it. They get it. They're here. So thank you, Chapman School. Did you get your boating instructional guide? I was wondering what you were going to ask me if I received. I did indeed receive my boating instructional guide. I am not one of those people that has a boat in their driveway. I always, I'm always envious and also sad of those people who like just have like in the middle of nowhere, like just not really near. Like you know, we're both like an hour from the water. No, I'm actually pretty close. I'm, I'm much closer. But when you see like a boat, you're just like, oh, like that doesn't belong here. Like it belongs here, but it doesn't belong here. <laughs> yes. And yeah. it's, it's cool. We don't you're live, like, like oh, on the water. Oh, yeah. you have money, but also. What are you doing? What's the acronym for boat? It's like about another thousand or something like that. They use like some kind of like, you know, like Ford. Ford only runs downhill. Like, you know what I mean? Like they have like a joking about another thousand. Having a boat's just like setting money on fire. Bring on another thousand or break out another thousand. Yes. yes. Exactly. Yes, That's yes, what yes. it is. Uh, today I learned. T-I-L. Yes, you did. Thank you, Chapman School of Seamanship. Well, welcome back to you Too Fast, Too Forever. I hope you all listened to our diagnostics episode on Brian O'Connor. It was a lot of fun. I dove back into fandom to get the the character name for someone um, that I'm going to name in the in the back half of the segment when Kara joins us once again. It was fun to go down this rabbit hole. I also was uh, paid special attention in this movie when, Same. when he's talking about, about uh, his, his girlfriend and, you know, Roman's like, couldn't let her go to waste. I was like, we just talked about that. And when he said, remember when we used to play football in the dirt, I was like, holy shit, that's where he played football. Yeah. I did the exact same thing that you did. You know, it was fresh in my brain and, and I was paying attention in this movie. The things that we learn when we are actually trying to pay attention to things is remarkable. It is. It's very true. So since we last recorded that episode about Brian O'Connor, extracurricular activities. Joe, what have you been up to? It's only been like four or five days, so it's not like been not like a lot of time has elapsed. It hasn't been a ton of time. The main thing that happened was Rachel's mom came to visit us. Oh, yes. So she was with us this weekend. We didn't do too much rowdy stuff. We went to... Uh, this orchard and a, and a vineyard, and the orchard like sells wine, so we did some wine tasting at both of these places. That was pretty cool, you know, just like drinking some wines, just normal stuff. Eight. Rachel's mom likes to come over, and this is like the greatest thing ever. She comes to visit, and she s- claims, I don't know if this is true or not, but she claims this, that she enjoys doing laundry. So when she comes here, she does and like washes, folds, and dries all of our laundry. It's like the greatest visiting present she can give. So all of my laundry is clean. She just does all of it. It's, it's incredible. Is so she, I thank her. Is she the Janny who is now following us on Twitter? Yes. Wonderful. Yes, we were talking about Too Fast, Too Forever this weekend, actually while we were tasting wines. And I was like, we were talking about our Twitter page and, you know, stuff like that. And she was like, oh, I don't follow you guys. So she she followed us this weekend. Well, thank you for following yes. us at Too Fast, Too Forever 
on Twitter and Instagram. You can also email us, Rachel's mom or anybody, family at cageclub.me. But anything else that you did or you just had a, a nice sort of quiet, wine-filled, laundry absent oh, weekend? Just just a continuation. Mm-hmm. I continued along with Sober Season. Yes. And it's working. I was talking uh, so about Sober Season to my friends because they were sort of commiserating about the Devils today as they dropped to 04 and yes. 2. I also realized, and I was, there's no way to do this unless like we basically like record like a week later and then I just edit immediately, which I don't want to do. But like when we talk about sports, it's all wildly outdated. Yeah, yeah. If we talk about beforehand. football, yeah. like, you know, both our teams won this past weekend, but then there's a whole other weekend by the time this episode well, comes out. Well, I'm going to buy. But yes, exactly. So I was telling my friends about Sober Season, and I was saying about how it's working for the Penguins and working for you, and uh, we were talking about how the Devils fell to 0-4-2 after being up 4-1 today, and also, I mean, they had a player, I don't know who it was, he just like whiffed on a wide-open net <laughs> for a fifth goal, and then they lost 6-4, and we were just trying to figure out if anything could work for the Devils, because uh, nothing's working Sober right season. now. Sober Season. It's working for me, man. I and mean, my other friend, who's a Caps fan, he said every game that he's watched this season, they've lost, and they've won every game he hasn't. So I was like, you're going to do a blind season, I'm going to do a Sober Season, we're going to see how this goes. So. Yeah. You know, I guess enjoy the games however you're going to enjoy the games. And, With water. Uh, hydrate. Because clearly, well. you are the, the, the linchpin to the team's <laughs> success right now. The only thing that matters is whether or not I'm drinking bourbon during the games for them to win. Their, their whole success is just dependent on my of course. my drinking. So I have not really done much. I do want to point out, if if people... this so There's two different things that are basically non-events that I'm going to talk about. Number one, okay. this Halloween season, this October, I am watching... I picked out, I put together 36... Six Halloween horror movies, uh, four oh, nice. per okay. decade from the 30s Ooh. to now. Interesting. So I'm going through in order, and I have done one a day. I've averaged one. I haven't really hit one a day because I went away for the to the cabin for the weekend. I didn't watch for a couple days, but uh, so far through 14 days, as we're recording this uh, more than a week earlier before more than a week before it comes out. But I'm through 14 days. I've seen 14 movies, so that is yeah. exciting. The, the list is on my letterboxed at Soul Popped over there. My favorite though so far, I told you, I sent you a picture, not for yes. not really because of the movie, but you I said watched it like called, Young Goss. Yes, yeah. The Night of the Hunter, which is an incredible, awesome movie uh, about this guy who like basically he made this movie. Critics hated it, and I don't think audiences liked it. And then he just never was able to make a movie again. And then like way after the fact, everybody was just like, "Oh wait, this was great," because he's doing all these like oh. weird things that don't feel like you should be doing them like but they're working like they're just like weird shots where like things are in focus but uh, so like ahead of its time it's i guess it's kind of it also feels like it just he doesn't know what he's doing it's working and it just it's fascinating and so also like the story opposite is crazy. of tommy wiseau so here is the story. So here's the, okay. here's the premise of this movie. Don't give me too much, because I, I, I want to watch it. But well, this ahead. is the byline. So is okay. a serial killer yes. posing as a preacher okay. is hunting two children okay. who know where, his, where their father hid $10,000. Okay. okay. That, and yeah, this is a cool. movie from 1955. Like, it's just bananas that like this is just it's, just, it's crazy. It's wild. And it's so good. Sounds awesome. I mean, here's kind of all you need to know about how raw, not, this is not that this is necessarily an indication of anything, but like, Criterion put it out as a release. Like, it's like such a okay, big deal so, that like, okay. they're sense. like, this is a legitimate movie that like, we want to preserve and, you know, share with the world. Yeah. So, it's great. The Night of the Hunter. But, the reason I sent it to you, like I think you mentioned, is the kid, the, the little boy in there that he's hunting, looks a lot like a young Gosling, or you were saying like a young uh, P. Walks. He, he did. To me, I saw a lot of P. Walks. I did see the Gosling that you mentioned, but you know, we have a type. It was it was kind of an in-between, like, P. Walks and Gosling. Like, I could see that, but you know, young boy, blondie, light eyes, beautiful 
you know how it is. So I also yeah. watched The Blob, and this is not I did, I did not plan to tell the story, but The Blob is Steve McQueen's first movie, and I was like, if we did podcasts, if podcasts were around in the 60s and 70s, and we were alive then, we were doing podcasts then, he would have been one of our Juicy Boys, because like, this is exactly. his first movie, and he's just like this, you know, yep. blonde-haired, blue-eyed kid, uh, just handsome. I mean, that movie's not great, but he's trying his hardest in that movie, and it would have been one of those early, like, Huh, he, you know, he's he's the he's star of the movie. It. Yeah. But yeah, it's uh he's he's trying. So that's one thing. The other thing that's more I guess possibly more interesting even though they're equally disinteresting, okay. uninteresting. Uh starting today as I record this and well underway next week as you're listening to this, on my Twitter at @soulpopped and on cageclub.me, I'm counting down my 25 favorite TV shows of the decade. And then it's going to be my 50 favorite movies of the decade. Cool. And so I was just doing the, like some quick calendar math. I was like, oh, I can start this and do one a day and do some like bonus weirdo kind of stuff and then just kind of go from there. Yeah. So a couple of extra TV days as we're recording this. So I did the intro today, some honorable mentions and stuff like that. And then I think starting uh, Thursday, maybe? number 25 i'm doing one a day because it's okay. uh i just don't want to write like thousands and thousands of words and then just i'd rather write like 200 words a day for a month than write you know six thousand words or you know what i mean because i'm just gonna Makes run sense, out of yeah. energy but one a day at soul popped or at cageclub.me so this is so here i'm going to i'm gonna give a sclusi joe i want you to pick Ooh. a number between one and 25 not one i mean yeah i guess one's maybe obvious yeah but uh if you 17. want to 17 so my 17th Favorite TV show of the decade. Not best. Favorite. Okay. Oh, a show that you've seen, I think. What? The uh, It's also very timely. Kind of the prequel, sequel, prequel show to one of our favorite shows, Better Call Saul. Oh, nice. Yeah. Because yeah, just came I've, out. I've watched like the first three or four seasons of Better Call Saul. I binge it. I don't, like, watch as it comes out. It's a very slow show. Rachel didn't like it as much as I did, so I would watch it when she was working at nights. Like, I would watch, like, three or four episodes in a clip and just get it done in, like, a day or two when it was finished. But, yeah, I really enjoyed Better Call Saul. They've aired four seasons, so either you're caught up or you maybe you're maybe one behind. I think I'm one behind. It's probably, like, three. Did you see him become Saul? Like, I think it's at the end of four where he's just, like, basically, he's not like this, but, like, Call me Saul. Like it's at oh, he the does end, he sort of transforms into it. No, I haven't. I don't remember. Like I like fighting with the brother and stuff like that. That's what I mainly remember. Yeah, that's kind of the whole the whole show. Show though. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's my number seventeen. So if you are interested cool. in my, I would assume people are if they listen to this. Either there's one or two people who listen to this podcast. Either people who just love these movies and want to listen to as much about these movies as they possibly True. can, or people who like what we like. For some reason. So if you like my takes on movies and whatever, at Soul Popped or CageClub.me, if you click on blogs at the top, it'll be one of the, either the first or one of the first uh, stories up there. So go check that out. I'm counting down one a day for the next, basically for the rest of the year, TV and movies. Nice. That's really cool. That's all I've been doing. I have no actual things that I'm doing, so that's just uh, what I've been sharing. We do have a Patreon page here, patreon.com slash too fast too forever, or TooFast2Forever.com. If you want to kick us a couple bucks, you can vote in our poll which Paul Walker movie are we going to watch this lap. True. You can get some swag. I emailed, or I mailed out Alex Elliman's letter and Hopefully stickers. Hopefully got it. They are in the mail en route. I think they should probably be there by the time we were recording this, so they definitely will be there by the time he hears this. You can get our undying love and support, bonus episodes, access to the Fast and Furious Minute document. You know, whatever you want. It's all over there. TooFast2Forever.com. Pictures of Kikopa. Kikopa pick. Yeah, whatever you want. I'm going to search now for Too Fast, Too Forever on 
iTunes, on podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Still no new reviews. If you are listening, you've not reviewed us yet, please give us a nice review. Give us a, even if you just give us a five-star rating, uh, whatever you want to do, let us know. Just share the love. It helps algorithms, I guess. Yes. Did I ever tell you that my friend had a band in college high school college okay at least at least two of the guys from my uh fancy baseball league take a drink uh yeah. they had a band called the al gore rhythm the al said al gore rhythm <laughs> which i think is amazing yeah that's i don't know great... i never heard a single note of their music but uh love that name as a band the al gore rhythm yeah it's great i love it too before i crack open the mailbag i do want to i, I don't think we really have this problem on this podcast but as avid listeners of the show know uh, Joe, you and I did a Channing Tatum podcast, Magic Mics. We also did a Ryan Gosling podcast, which is still coming out. Uh, we've pumped the brakes on both of them, even though there are still some Goslings that we have done that are going to come out. But, yeah. you know, we were doing Channing Tatum once every three months, and no one was writing in. We were basically doing it <laughs> for my OCD, and just because it was fun to do every once in a while. The episode doesn't come out because we stopped doing it, and we get this, like, this somebody on Twitter is just like, hey, where's the episode? And we were just like, oh, well, we're doing this instead. Yeah, go listen to this, like, you, if you like it. And he's like, no. He said, he said, well, the problem was, he starts, like, dissecting why we stopped. He's like, well, you know, you were doing the movies that he's not really in, and this early stuff that nobody knows. And I was like, I didn't know. Nope, I was like, dude, like, that's it. the point. But, like, the, so if you have not listened to that show yet, which, again, we've said before and we'll say again, is the same thing as this show, but about different movies. Like, it's, yeah, the, it's, same, exa- it's the same shit. 40% about the movie, 60% about whatever. The entire time on that show, especially because we were like, the reason we changed up the schedule <laughs> and did Too Fast, Too Forever more is because you guys who were listening to this started writing in so many emails to us. And we're just like, oh, this exactly. is awesome. People are listening. People care. Let's do this instead of that. So that entire time on that show, we're like begging for emails. We're like, write in, let us know you're listening. If you're out there, we'll keep doing this. Yeah, like, if you want to hear it, then we'll keep doing it. Like, it'll be motivating to do it. And, like, or, like even if we don't have to read it, just be like, hey, like, I like these. Cool. That's yes. all we needed to know. Yes. Uh, not for on air, <laughs> but keep doing these. I like this. Cool. All right. So this guy, who clearly liked it enough to, like, wonder where the episode, like, was waiting for an episode. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, once every three months, knew the release date in Did his he heart. Like a, was like, like an alarm out. in his phone? Like, yes. it was on his calendar? <laughs> Wrote to us, and we were just like, what? And so this is my uh, urge, my plea to you. Like, I see the download numbers. I know that people are listening. We have such wonderful people who write in, you know, people who support us on Patreon, people who write in every week or every two weeks or whatever to email. Yep. And this goes for not just our podcast, but really like any kind of podcast that isn't like an Earwolf podcast, isn't like Mark Maron's podcast, isn't yeah. like an NPR. Like, if it's just people, Joe and I have day job, like, this is not what we do to make money. This is just for fun. It is immeasurably amazing to get someone who so listens rewarding. to your stuff to email you, even if you don't want to have it read on air, just to like let people know, hey, I'm listening. So again, not necessarily just for this show, but definitely for this show, anything you listen to, like if, if people give you a way so to great. contact them, it will make their day. You know, you hear how excited we get when there's a new person. Every time. Who, Every time who I get shocked. Email in. Yep. Like, it's just amazing. And even the people who write in a lot, like, you know, Wes and Wells and Justin and Nick and everybody who writes in a lot and Jenny, I think you're, you and I are both like, oh, this has got a end at some point you know what i mean like it's just like it yeah. can't it can't be this good for this long i just i i, I want to put out there not only for this show That's like a great if tip. you're listening yeah. to the show and you've not written in we would love to hear from you but like 
even if you don't write into this one, if you write into any podcast that you listen to or just tweet at them or whatever, Nico and Keva, who are going to be on a future lap, they have a couple shows on the network. And, you know, lately they've had some traction that they had somebody Facebook, they had somebody on Twitter, they had somebody emailing, like these different people. And it's not a ton of people. It doesn't But considering they were getting zero or like, you know, that people weren't chiming in. And now there's people who are like, this means so much. I can't wait to go back. I just found this, blah, blah, blah. And like Nico, it's like, it's making their day. Still does for me every time, man urge to you again doesn't have to be this show because i know that so many people write and i think that's wonderful but just write into a show that you listen to and just like let them know doing a podcast is a lot of work and if you're not getting paid for it it's literally for the love of the game you might not realize how important and how amazing it is just to let people know i'm listening and i just want to you know from this dumb dumb on twitter who didn't know where the channel the <laughs> podcast was like it just it kind of reminded me like it's the little gestures sort of and just being like oh hey i'm here yep that's great and i'm gonna go find someone to compliment because i can't write an email to you <laughs> so i mean you could. I, no i'm gonna pay it forward and i'm gonna go find something that i like on twitter or somebody's email and i'm gonna send them an email and be like hey you know what keep doing it that's yeah. all you need. Yeah, because because I think everybody deserves a little bit of like boost sometimes. That was a really good point, and it, it's a, just a great thing to do. Yeah, and like it doesn't even have to be a pocket. Like if you have like a web comic or like anything yeah, that people anything. are just doing that, like you know, not that they're like starving artists or struggling artists or whatever, but if there's something out there that you enjoy and that you think would honestly like, if they're just like if they're doing it in their spare time or whatever, just saying hi and be like, I like this, I listen, I care, keep doing what you're doing, even if it's as simple as that, like. It's great. And it's awesome. I agree, man. Like I, I, I keep saying to Wes every time we like talk about it or whatever, like, you know, him writing in these like really in depth emails I think really kinda opened the floodgates and now I think because we have so many people writing in emails, it's not really scary to write in exactly. emails here because you know what it's gonna be like. But yep. you know, again, if you if you just want to say hi if you don't want us to read it on air, like, make a note of that. I won't read it. I'll just share it with Joe. But, like, just let people know that you are out there because we see the download numbers. Like, I know people are getting this. We just don't know what happens after that. So yeah. just say hi. Family at cageclub.me. Amen. I also do want to give a special shout out to Cassie Wilson, Jake Freer, Ben Milliman, Nick Burris, and Alex Ellenin for supporting us on Patreon. Thank, thank you, you Thank you. Thank you. But, Joe, let us crack open the titular mailbag for emails tonight. First up from... Superfan Jenny McMullen. Hi, Jenny. Subject line, oil. Oil. Hi, guys. After driving down the... Fr- okay, here we go. Again, placing us in geographically <laughs> with her. I love it. After driving down the freeway, repeating the word oil, I decided to stop at the rest area and add my two cents to the ever-growing pot of pronunciation. Okay. Based on the attached screenshot, which I will send to you shortly, okay. I think we have another gif-jif on our hands. I'm a Libra. <laughs> 1021. Actually, Jenny, as this comes out, happy birthday one day ago. Happy birthday, Jenny. One week from tonight as we record this one day ago as this comes out. Like that matters, so I say everybody is right. Oh, and Lifespan did not disappoint. It was a great episode. Well, gotta get back on the road to go home and listen to the rest of the pod later, Jenny. Thank you, Jenny, for writing in, and happy birthday. So in Cocopa Pick, I'm putting this screenshot. It's from, she googled how many syllables is oil. It The top hit is a quora, which is like that sort of crowdsourced... Q&A, and it just says, how to count the syllables in a diphthong, which we now know is yes. what it is. For me, the, the Quora writer says, oil and choir are one syllable, and lion is two syllables. Quick check on Merriam-Webster online shows that lion is always two syllables, and oil and choir could either be one or two. I mean, if it's good enough for Miriam and or Webster, it's good enough for me. <laughs> I never separated them as people, like Miriam 
and Webster. Like it's probably two people, right? It's Merriam and Webster. It's two people. Yeah, you're right. I just never thought about it. It's just like Merriam Webster dictionary. So well, Jenny, thank you for the clarification. I guess it's not really a clarification. It's kind of like a you'll never have an answer. So like everything is you'll right. So I like that she this. is you know taking both sides, and I appreciate that. I admire that. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, she's a woman of the people. Next email from Alex Ellen and just spoke of him. Quick email. Haven't listened to the new episode yet, but okay. I was just reminded of something I heard about a couple months back and wanted y'all to know. Joey, might be something for you to do if you're in L.A. to work again and the dates line up, but the Fast and the Furious a musical parody uh, is out. So there's a thing. They sent us we a link. I will send you this thing. I think, right? Did we hear about this? I think I saw it somewhere. So this is Fast but and Furious a musical this. parody. This happened in June. Come watch your favorite car-driving gang members battle their greatest foe yet, singing and dancing at the same time. And in this unauthorized parody, Dom <laughs> Toretto and his team do what they do best, commit crimes, and what they do second best, solve crimes. They do third best, harmonize. So they, nice. they had this in June. So again, if there is, uh, if I know that we have some California listeners, and that Wells is Northern California, but... You know, if you are out there and you saw this, how did or they not get banned it, yet from this? By the way, oh, it was probably just like a one-off, a one-off, but also like Pop you know, up. Universal just didn't know about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, I would actually really like to see this. You know that if you listen to us talk about any other movies, you'd know that I'm firmly anti-musical, but a slapstick comedic Fast and the Furious musical sounds right up my alley. I would definitely like to check this out. I feel like they had to have stopped this because if not, Universal would have, you know, put them in prison or something. I think they would have just sent like a cease and desist and we just wouldn't have heard about it. You know what I mean? But yeah. uh, they, I just, yeah, I think that they had flew under the radar. But if they'd ever do another, if you, if you hear of another showing or maybe there's one in New York or whatever, let us know. Family. Me. I know this says it ended, but a quick Googling will show there's another show on November 8th, which is Ooh, coming up soon. That is true. Okay. Alex says, P.S. I lied. I ended up starting and have not listened to the actual breakdown, but I made it to the first 40 minutes of all the catch-up stuff for this week's episode before I hit send. Looking forward to Kara's take. Maybe I'll send a follow-up, but here's my thoughts so far. Okay. Don't know if you guys saw Joker yet. So I think this is this must have been Alex sent this last Wednesday. So this was after our first episode of Carol was out, but okay. before the Brian episode came out. Uh, so he doesn't know that we talked about Joker. But we talked we, we, we talked we talked about Joker briefly last week. Yes. Says everyone's favorite FBI man shows up as a Gotham police detective played by Shea Wiggum. Who's Shea Wiggum? The detective in this movie? No, he's uh he's Stasiak. Stasiak he's in six, four no, six and four. She he's Brian's wins. boss in the FBI in four that he punches, and then he's the one, or not boss, but a co-worker that he punches, and then he's the one he calls oh. to arrest him to go talk to Braga in prison. Oh, that's right. Okay. Okay. So he's in Joker. Who is he in Joker? I don't know. I was not exactly we didn't paying catch attention this. in Joker, but uh, Detective I was, Burke. And I'm usually really good with the, like, you know that I'm pretty decent with the, like, oh, shit, it's that person from this movie. Yep. Oh, he's actually pretty, he's one of the lead detectives. So behind Joaquin and Robert De Niro and Zazie Beetz and Francis Conroy, who played Joaquin's mother, and yeah. between behind uh, Thomas Wayne, he's top build. So he was, I guess, just one of the detectives working the case. So Makes sense. I missed him. All right. Yeah, same. I didn't catch it. Alex writes, my vote for the other Paul Walker movie was Into the Blue. I love that movie. And it combined with Assassin's Creed 4 led to my love of the golden age of piracy. Plus, piracy as in pirates, not as in stealing movies from the internet. Plus, Paul looks just about as dreamy as possible. Which, you know, that's important. 
That's definitely to us. Six years ago, I tweeted, anybody want to get a quarter mile at a time tattoo? I recently found that tweet and tagged you, asking if you guys were in it, and it got me thinking, what Fast and Furious tattoo would you get? Well, didn't we talk about this? On yeah. the episode with Island and Tobin, Island put together a game, and we all got tattoos. We and did. And we all committed to getting that tattoo. I picked a tattoo for you, you picked a tattoo for me, and I don't and remember what we And then everybody picks had. a place for it, like where yes. it goes. Uh, so go back and listen to Lap two episode one for our fast and furious tattoos because i don't remember what it was i remember one of them was i live my life a quarter mile at the time i remember one is i think isa might have had cops 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 going yes, down her arm yes, cascading yes. down her arm that's right that was right yeah but yeah i don't remember the other one so lap two episode one i've thought about it even kind of recently i don't know if i profess my love of like standard tattoos and fad tattoos like a lot of people at certain times get a similar tattoo like be it a yin yang or uh-huh. uh, tribal or barbed wire or whatever like that infinity symbols were like maybe five years ago right like everybody got infinity symbol yeah we and were late to the infinity game you and i on this we podcast. were and i was and because of my love of of like the times that these tattoos came out i think that the logo would be really good as a tattoo the too fast too forever logo yeah. i'm thinking like a nice like foot tattoo of too fast Ooh. too forever yeah on your shifting foot exactly yeah so like as I'm flexing in my in my racing shoes, you would see it. In my fantasy baseball league this year, uh, a third person won his second championship. So uh, before it was just me and my friend Matt, uh, who's the one who designed our lo- our coincidentally designed our album art, our cover art, podcast art yes. for the show. So he and I had both won twice because the league's been around uh, twelve years, maybe. That's and there's twelve time. of us. There's I mean people have come and gone, but before this year, there's only two of us who had won twice, and a third guy, my friend Sean won a second time this year, and so we had a separate little text thread, the uh, Septub Two-Timers Club, the Two-Timers Champions Ooh. Club, Ooh. and we were talking about getting uh, tattoos to like commemorate it. We were talking about you know other things that we might actually do for the draft, <laughs> but I was saying to my friend you know, who designed the art, the, the, the podcast art for the show, because like, I want a tattoo, I just don't know what it's going to be. I was like, if you design like a cool, like, our fantasy baseball league, the Septub. That would be like, really cool. A logo yeah. or like a championship logo, and like you can only get it if you have the championship. Like, I would get that. Like, that's like the one where I'd be like, all right, that's, that's going to break the seal. You know what I mean? Because I want the first one to be like of significance, of meaning. Yes. And then once I have one, I'll be like, all right, now whatever. Yeah, once you open the floodgates, it's over. But I want yeah. that one to be the first one to be meaningful. And I was just like, I'm serious. Like, if you design one, you and get you can it. Never, and you could never be the not the champion of the fantasy baseball yeah. league because you mm-hmm. were so yep. the, yeah mm-hmm. it's great i agree that's a, so just that's get like two awesome little idea. trophies or whatever on the uh yeah. the old arm and yeah i don't think that's happening but if it does happen i will of course let us uh, know. keep you all and then also you know too fast too forever or because uh, people are like how do you not have nicholas cage you need a line drawing it needs to be like a lot like a nicholas cage line drawing just his face because I was like, I was saying to him, like, the reason I don't is because, like, I feel like I don't want to have that conversation with everybody. Like, no, it's not ironic. I actually like him. Blah blah. blah. Here's here's my credentials. Uh, like, I kind of want something sort of vague-ish, exactly, like, understandable to some, but also vague-ish. Like, yep. you know, like your Kanye tattoo. Like, people don't know. I'm sure people ask what it is, but if they know, then they if know. If you know, you know. Exactly. And you can like it for art. You can like it for the yeah. album. You can like it for whatever you want. And and also, like, I can just, I always say that every tattoo, like I said, the answer to every tattoo, when people are like, what does that mean? I'm like, I picked it off the wall. People just stop there. Like, no matter how creative or, like, what you what you place like the importance of it on i'm just like yeah i picked it off the wall like i thought it looked cool and they're like oh cool thank uh, okay and it just stops the conversation if i don't want to talk about it like can you imagine if you had like a nicholas cage face like a line drawing tattoo of his face and somebody was like oh do you really like nicholas cage you'd be like is that who that is 
be like, I just picked this off the wall. I had no idea. Oh, damn. Right. <laughs> yeah, fuck. Uh, Alex signs off this. This might, you know, this is going to be moral enemies, possibly. He says, oh. Joe, too, since I'm from Youngstown, I feel obligated to tell you Stillers suck. Stillers, not Steelers. Stillers yeah. suck. Go Brownies. Alex Ellenin. Which, um... <laughs> I mean, you know, good luck. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> yeah. I've, as of today when we're recording, Steelers and Browns have the same record, and the Steelers are playing with a quarterback that was undrafted, and Baker Mayfield was the number one overall pick. So I would honestly love for nothing nothing more than for Baker to be like good and fun, because he's already exciting. He's already got the bravado, and I, you I like genuinely him. do like you him. You do like him. You do. In those commercials, when he, like, it's just him and he's his He's not bad in whatever, the commercials. I don't mind those. Yeah. That team's got problems, and I don't know if Freddie Kitchens is the problem or what what's going on, oh, but... Uh, God. They're just cursed, man. I was so upset with everybody telling me how good they were going to be when nobody had played a game yet. That's what was so frustrating to me. Everybody was saying, like, Browns are going to win the Super Bowl. And you're like, well, you have to play the season. That's the whole point of the season. They're like, nope, they got the best team on paper. And you're like, there's a lot of great players, teams, whatever, on paper, and it doesn't mean that it's going to work out. Like, you can build a team for Madden, but then they are only good on Madden. You know, like, Mm -hmm. for a real football team, like, you need coaching, management, all of this stuff plays a huge factor. And everybody was just like, but they have good players. And you're like, okay, man. Whatever you want. Exactly. Um, next email from Justin Kleinman, subject line 1 and F8. He, and like you know, like you and I both say, pronounced fate. Uh, he says, I'm homesick today. Hope you feel better. So yeah, I'm watching number 1, and now I'm watching number 8. I'm about halfway through 8, and I'm taking a mac and cheese break, which I actually Ooh, I saw this email, yeah. and that's what, I, that's what I made for dinner, because I was just like, that sounds good. Oh, really? Yeah. That's awesome. Well, thank you, Justin, for letting him know, helping Joey pick dinner. He says, yeah. unfortunately, it's Annie's healthy mac, which I did not eat. He says, not Kraft, which is truly the best. So Rachel was big on Annie's. I asked her if she had ever had Kraft, and she hadn't. What? I, I know, dude. How is that like, possible? I don't know, man. She was just like eating Annie's a lot, or she like she didn't like Kraft, or thought she didn't like it. And then I switched us to Kraft, and we bought like the Costco size twenty box pack of Kraft. And now she's like, yeah, I, I can't go back to Annie's. The Annie's isn't really that much healthy. I mean, like Kraft is just like orange. Like, it's well, yeah, like it's I mean, not, mac and cheese. Mac and like cheese. You're, you're drenching <laughs> carbs. Yeah, in fat. Exactly. So it's like, like you can't. You can make it get healthier to an extent, but not to any real extent. Yeah, just full send. Like at this yeah. point, so yeah, yeah I, I I like it. I digress. I'm enjoying F8, pronounced fate. Obviously, I'm enjoying fate much more than I remembered. I had a thought in regards to the idea of Cipher not being Charlize's name, but being an organization. It's okay. Very similar to the early James Bond world with Spectre. Etienne is Blowfield, and Theron, Owen Shaw, Brixton, etc. All the Spectre underlings. Cipher, okay. Spectre, Spectre, Cipher, maybe? Possibly. No, we kind of talked about this, like, kind of in, like, the sense of anonymous, right? Yes. Like, they even kind of foreshadowed to it when um, somebody, I forget who, says that, like, I thought Cipher was, like, an organization. Ramsey does. She's like, Cipher's yes. not one person. Yep. And then they're like, no, this is Cipher. And she kind of does have a team already anyways. So I'm yes. Not- like, even if she's, like, the main hacker, she has a team, because she has, like, the pilot, the underlings, whatever. So it already kind of makes sense that Cypher is is a group more than just Charlize is Cypher. She's, like, the head of Cypher. When we talked about that, I think I also talked about Trinity in The Matrix, and the first time Neo meets Trinity, she's like, he just says, you know, I always thought 
and she's like, what, that I was a guy? And most guys yeah. do. Like, it's still that, that idea of, like, you know, whether it's it's casual sexism, like, in The Matrix, or just, like, there's no way that this one physical person could be doing so much. It's got to be more than that. Like, I think yes. that the... Plus, like, Cypher is kind of a name, also a name in The Matrix. But also, kind of, it could be... I mean, Cypher is just as the noun, like a code, or kind of like, you know, the, the key exactly. to a code or whatever, so... yep. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm with it. I like that idea. And like we said with Etion, too, and it being just like a voice, we could open this world up into that very easily. So I'm, I am I like the idea. Anyway, two more things, says Justin. I enjoy hearing the references to your fantasy baseball group and your texts. Well, this episode... Nobody right else up, does. Right rally. Yeah. I know. Well. I myself am a <laughs> keeper baseball league that is 15 years in the books. And I was saying, you know, we've we've been 12, 12, I think. 12, yeah. I've been there for nine of them, maybe, I think. For the last three years, the 16 of us have all been in a rolling WhatsApp chat that probably averages 60 texts a day. I would kill for the... I mean, actually, I love it. It's my favorite thing in the world. But, like, 60 a day, like, you know, we are... On, on peak days, thousands. On average days, in the hundreds, I would say. Uh, yeah. We tried to do math a long time ago. Like, have we sent a million? And, like, we couldn't figure out yes or no, but, like, we're all, like, we're almost certainly. But if you're in, like, a group friends chat, like, between, like, yeah. it's me and you, but then I have, like, my group of friends that are here. You know, there's days where, like, it's, like, 20 or 30, but then there's some days where we're, like, doing anything, like, maybe trying to organize a plan and bullshitting, and then it's, like hundreds and hundreds a day so set it on do not disturb and just go from there there's sometimes like i come back like i'll go be in a meeting or whatever for work or i'll come back or i just won't check for a while and there's like 400 texts i'm like <laughs> you just skip i just skip ahead no somebody we just asked me like do i need to read this i'm just like no it's just some trivia thing or whatever like because we'll just do like a guessing game and also like on on iMessage the tap backs like the thumbs up and the thumbs down and the ha's and everything they all count as messages too and so like yeah. that adds to the number two but like you know, we have friends who don't check the thread very often. Like, they just send, like, a screenshot. It's like, oh, I have 2,100 messages. <laughs> you know, got to get in here or whatever. So That's what I do, too. I'm just like, uh, yeah, I'm not reading anything behind that. So if I miss anything, just let me know. Like, yep. 16 people and only 60 messages? Almost always. Yeah, 60, yeah rookie numbers. You know, Wolf of Wall Street, rookie numbers. Get those numbers up twice a day at least. He also sends in a picture for Dude, What's My Car? So we will get to that later. Ooh, so thank you, Justin, nice. for that. I think we still have Rachel's too, right? Or do we guess it already? Did we do Rachel's or not? We didn't do Rachel's. So. We'll do Rachel's and then we'll do this one next time. Okay, okay. Cool. I only know because she was personally asking me about it in the car the other day. She was like, did you guess the car that I sent in? I was like, actually, no. I think we had one in the bag. And yeah. All right. From Last email from Wells Lamont. Subject line, my mom is so fat the last time she saw 90210 was on her bill for liposuction. Throwback <laughs> Remix Wells style. <sighs> I don't know if you guys are aware of the excessive hate the Fastiverse got after the first one came out in theaters, but it was real and excessive. I remember hearing the craziest shit. Fixie car, in quotes, Fixie car junkies were offended and said that's not how they act and that's not how things go in the race world. Well, he was in California, so he was like in the heart of it too. So Just you know like that I mean? guy like, that we spoke to last week or two weeks ago. So his friends could have actually been mad that they were being portrayed the wrong way because sure. they could have yeah, been yeah. in the scene. From what I heard back then, they did everything to hate besides protest the movie. American muscle junkies laughed at it and shunned it. Definitely knew that because like I was talking to, you know, my dad's older, all of his yep. friends are Amer like muscle car kind of guys. And I remember being like, oh man, I just saw the Fast and Furious it was great and they all just were like ha jab crap whatever you know like all yep. of these old guy things so they hate us because they aim us exactly then there's all the non-car people that said they hated it and stupid and blah 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 not a quality movie because it wasn't about because it was so much about cars yeah now at this time there was already a huge following but as we all know the series really blew up with fast five so for the first almost decade between one and five it was hate 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 then True. 
after people got it shoved in their face so much, I started to hear that some of these same people say things like, the first one's good, but number two sucks. So then I make them watch 2F2F with me so they can get the best experience ever and finally learn to accept the movie and enjoy it for what it is. You must laugh at 2F2F before you can laugh with 2F2F, and I'm here to help out the naysayers. People enjoy cheesy action flicks with no family involved and act like it's gold, but when it comes to fast, it was hate, hate, hate. I think it's because it was so trendy of a movie because it wasn't cool to gush over P walks. Also, I think many people look at the colorful cars, the blue lights underneath, and all the things that come with the fixie cars, says, excuse my lack of terminology, and immediately think it's corny. That's fine, let them. I think over time, a good chunk of these people came around and realized what's really going on. No one likes Tokyo Drift. I mean, nobody. Anyone who isn't in love with the series hates Tokyo Drift. We like it. I like it. But I think, it. I think, oh no, I think he's saying like other people, like okay, random yeah, yeah, yeah. strangers or whatever. I try to explain how cool it became after you realize it comes after six, but they don't hear me though. No one ever talks about four and then boom, pow, five is here and people are hopping <laughs> on the bandwagon. I love it the more the merrier. I think people hate three because they lied to us when they said they hated one and two. And since there's no Brian or Don, they aren't about it. They essentially outed themselves as closet fast fans. I've still had trouble bringing people around to enjoying Tokyo Drift, but I still try. I don't necessarily believe that fixie car folks were deathly offended by the movie. I did hear it out of a few a few of their mouths, but I'm not assuming that goes for all of them. Yeah. I mean, it is a movie that involves their passion. Anyway, this is something I've discussed with people and thought about it for 15 years, and I'm glad I got to write you the mo- longest, most unnecessary email ever to get it off my chest. I think he makes a really great point, actually. Well, and also you have to remember when I was thinking, when when you were reading this, when I was thinking about is that at the time, the age that we all are around is that angsty, I'm not going to like this because it's popular age. You know what I mean? Oh, for sure. So, like, a lot of our friends that would have said, like, I don't like Fast and the Furious could have also... What do you mean our friends? You mean me specifically? No, uh, no, I meant, like, other people, too. But, yeah, no, but no, but me me very specifically. I also feel like... I mean, I was definitely that, but I also feel like... I I don't... I can't really explain or describe why, but I feel like there's just something about Vin Diesel as a performer... Maybe it it might be his name. (laughs) Oh, none of his movies have to be good. Like, because, like, the the Riddick movies (laughs) I wasn't into, the Triple X movies, everything that he did, I was just like, this is all stupid. Yeah, this is so dumb. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Like the 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 reason I started list, or watching the movies is because how this get made the movie the, the podcast that just makes fun of movies that I was really into. Like I I don't usually like that, but I like the, the way that they do it or whatever. When they talked about Fast Five, they're like, "This movie rules!" And I was like, "Wait a minute, let me give this." They're a not shot. even hating like, oh, on this. this. Is great. Yeah. So you jumped on the bandwagon right there. That was perfect. I don't. I never really had people in my life. That were like, oh, I love these movies. So I feel like if I, if it's somebody that I really like, I was still impressionable. Like I was snobby, yeah. but I was impressionable. And somebody was just like, you, you have to watch these movies. Like we just never brought it up. You know what I mean? Like you exactly like them, but we never talked. About I loved them. them. You just didn't watch them. But if we just like, never talked about them, yeah. yeah. If you were like, watch these, I'd be like, all right. And then I probably, I wonder, I probably would have liked them. But I think that starting with five is definitely like an entry. It's like yes. a, a gateway drug, right, to the franchise. I agree a hundred percent. Yeah, like that's the in. Just like Wells was saying, like then you go back and you're like, well, one is pretty good, and then you watch two and you're like, well, two is a lot of fun, and then you could pretend mm-hmm. like you hate three, but three is awesome, and then like yep. four, you're like, okay, well, that gets us to five, and, the, and the, yeah, and then you get sucked in. That's that's how it happens, man. All right, here's my Joey 2, meaning you, fun order from least fun to most fun. Oh, okay, he sent us a fun order. Okay, cool. Fast and Furious, number four. Okay. Least fa- least fun. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Fate of the Furious. Yeah, not fun. Fast and Furious, six. Six low on the fun scale. That's what he says. Then Fast Five. Okay, wow. Then the original, the Fast and the Furious. 
Pretty fun, yeah. We're getting then fun. Then Furious Seven. A seven, seven. The Paul Walker death, man. I know. It, it 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 distracts from the fun. But we talked about this. You know, the jumping between the buildings is really wacky. So there's a lot of fun in there. You know, I wonder as we go through this lap with Kara if she's going to cry at any of these movies because know, she man. cries. She talks on, on Wistful Thinking. She talks a lot about how she cries during a lot of movies. I've talked about how I've cried in three or four of these movies. I yeah. wonder if like that scene, the see you it's, again it's scene, or anything her. else is going it's to get hit her. her. You know? I think so. Number two, Too Fast, because he loves that movie. Loves yeah, this same, movie it's, tonight. It's a ton of fun. I agree. And then number one, Tokyo Drift. Yeah, Tokyo Drift is so much fun. I think, like, two and three get underrated for how much fun they are. So, like, when you rank them, like, the best of them, like, you have to factor in some of that fun. And that's what I was trying to do with my listing, and I'm glad that Wells agrees. When watching this movie, I think I need to... I don't remember if I have two above four on my list. I need to have two above four on my list, because I like this movie more than four. Like I was telling you, as I was ranking my favorite movies of the decade, I think I like five more than six. Like, for, for the almost the entire time of the show, I've been saying six over five. I yeah. think that might be five over six. I think six is just bigger in sort of every way, but five is just like... More complete. It's so good. And I was also saying to you, like, Giselle Alive is better than Giselle Dead. True. Well, says, I love me some Carly Rae Jepsen. That's cool that Joey went to her concert. I would love to see her live. Yeah, you're a big fan. I'm not sure if you all know this, but she has a sex tape. It's 100% her, and I've watched it twice, not in a creepy way. But just because I'm a huge fan and dude, I had to show it to my buddy. No celebrity sex tape is ever that good, but it's always interesting when you're a fan to see celebrities' fuck style. It's Buck Wild. Well, I did not know. Did you know? When I got the email, when I saw the email, I looked it up, and I remembered that I had seen it forever ago, and I still, I don't know if it's her or not, because it's, like, forever ago. Like, it, she's unrecognizable. Like, she's gone okay. through, like, physical transformation. Like, she just doesn't look like she, I mean, again, my, maybe just the hair because I'm hair blind. But I remember when it like when it broke or whatever the when it dropped, whatever the the verb is for a yes. sex tape. I was just like, I don't know if this is her or not. And uh, cuz there's a lot of, you know, the internet's a weird place where everybody's like, "Oh, check out the sex tape." It's not. And you know. also like all of these girls like you could you could pretty much fabricate this or find a girl that oh, looks similar. Oh, now you can deep fake for sure. I mean, California No, but I'm saying laws. even before that, it's just oh, like yes. you could find a girl that looks similar and if it's like a grainy video, then it's like Okay, it could be her, possibly. You know, what my, you know what my favorite, and this is getting way in the weeds here, my what? favorite thing in terms of that kind of stuff is like when there's like internet sleuths, like, look at the mole here, and look yes. at the mole oh here, it's God, the same yes. girl. It's like, what are you doing with your life, man? Like, what is going on? <laughs> just like, hey, man, just jerk off we... or don't. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, Is, <laughs> is it going to make it any different that you know that this is her or not? Yeah, I don't know, man. Pulling a complete 180, hitting the e-brake, popping a 180. Your lady friends that you have on the show are great. Always coming with unique views I never get to hear, and it's nice to hear about these movies from a woman's perspective. Agreed. Always good stuff. Hopefully they can get on another episode. All the guests have been great, honestly. Well, thank you. Joey does most of that booking, so that's on him. But Kara's great, and she's going to be on this whole lap, so you'll yep. hear a lot of Kara. And we've said it before, and I want to say it again. Again, I keep saying that, but I do want to keep reiterating this. Like, It's important to me to try to get as close to 50-50, like, men and women, as we can. Because yes, there's so many podcasts that are just, like, three dudes talking about a movie. And it's like, how many times do you need, like, another guy to be like, Plus, I like explosions. Such, we get such great perspectives from yeah. the... Like, Kara wanted to talk about the costumes last time. Like, when Kate was on it, it wasn't, like, you know, feminine perspectives. It was just, no. like, this is the way that she thought about the movie and, like, her storytelling and narrative. Absolutely it's true, too. Different yeah. things. It's always through a viewpoint that maybe I myself don't see. So I, I appreciate someone else showing me a different perspective because we're watching these movies over and over again. So, yep. like you said, how many times can you hear three straight white dudes say, I like explosions? Yeah. Well, says 2000 DVDs, you're my hero. I'd love to see a picture of what that looks like. I'm inspired. I hope you never stop. Anyway, bros, I'm out. I'll holler at you players next time, Wells. Well, Wells, I will send
send you a picture of the DVDs. It's, it's, I'm going to have to send multiple pictures because there's the three shelves it's, it's in the big, dining room. Yeah. Yep. And then there's the one in the guest bedroom. I'm not going to stop, but I have slowed... Like, there there was a point before, like... Housing? I guess before streaming, right? Where it's just, just like... Buying a house, having a mortgage? <laughs> no, not even that. I mean, I, I, I've reached a point where, like, there's probably, like, say, uh, maybe, I don't know, a hundred movies that I want to own that I haven't owned that I don't own right now, but, like... You're right, streaming, Netflix. I decided long ago that I'm not going to buy a movie that I don't really like. Because I used to just buy a movie to watch it, and I'd be like, oh, I don't like this, but now I own it, right? Yes. But now, like, there's so much in, like... Whether it's free or you pay like two bucks or three bucks on Amazon or whatever, get it from the library. Like, there's very little reason to spend ten, fifteen, twenty dollars, or you know, go to Rasputin deals all day at Rasputin and buy a movie that you don't know because, like, what, what's the point? You know what I mean? Like, unless you're yes. paying a dollar or two for a DVD, and then if you don't like it, what do you, you know? Don't I just it's just a whole. I I changed the way that I've shopped. Think? Yes, I like buying stuff that I know that I do like to support it, you know? Yes, 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 yes. Like, if I, if I saw a movie in a theater, and I was like, I really like this. And albums. I do this all the time for albums. Like, I'll hear an album, and I'll be like, oh, this album was great. And I'm like, well, I'm going to go buy... And I actually usually buy, like, two or three copies of it and give a couple away. Oh, this is a great album. So, like, I'll give it to a friend that I know that yeah. also liked the album that maybe didn't buy it and was just streaming it. But what also drives me crazy a little bit is that, like, my favorite movie of the year so far is Midsummer, which I just absolutely love, which I talked about, I, I think, mean, on here yeah. before. I'm waiting and for the director's cut. My but friend yeah. was talking to me today because he, he loves, he's growing his digital streaming library. And okay. he's like, do you have Midsummer in 4K? And I was like, they're not releasing it in 4K, which is fucked. They're not, they haven't released the director's cut Blu-ray, which I think is That's what I was saying. I'm waiting the for the director's month. cut. Yeah. I just, it's, 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 it's weird and frustrating. And like, I don't know what they're doing. Like there's, I think you can like buy it on Apple now, the director's cut for like $20, but you can't rent it. Like it's just, I get why you want to try to coax people in, but I feel like in a time where people aren't paying for movies, why are you give them games? every option? Yeah, just give them every option to sell as many as you can. Yeah, I right? don't know. I don't know. Either. All right, Joe, on the streets, Fast and Furious news, couple minor things. I posted this today. Justin Lin wearing a Justice for Han shirt on the Fast and Furious 9 set, which is very exciting. Very cool. We know that he knows, at least, yeah. and he's trying. That's a good thing. That's a good thing, because we heard Chris Morgan talking about it, right? And and Michelle yeah. Rodriguez like, what do you know? Like, who, who are you? Like, stop it. Who the fuck are you talking about, Han? Yeah. Also, last week, Vin Diesel says fans will be, quote, blown away by John Cena in Fast and Furious 9. I have a tidbit that has been shared with us a couple times. Fast and the Furious star Paul Walker's car collection hit the auction block. Mm, yes, yes, yes. So they sold a bunch of his cars because we know, you know, the buster became a gearhead. And he had a bunch of his own cars. Mainly, I was just sad about this that I couldn't buy any of them. Because I would really enjoy having a Paul Walker Fast and the Furious car. That's like, you know, that's ultimate dream for us, right? Like, of course. To like garage one of these and just like, just look at it and just be like, oh, in the Oogle all day. But if you do have the money, you could go buy one. I think they're doing it at Bear Jackson, which is kind of cool. You know, speaking of the Buster Became a Gearhead, I wanted to say very quickly, you know, we made fun of Brian in last week's minute of the Fast and Furious minute because he missed the starting line by like a full car length here. Yes. When he does the stare and drive, not only does he do the stare and drive without like missing a beat, but he stops at the line. It's like in the time it took to drive cross country, dude is like, he's he's a pro. On it. Yeah, exactly. Top of the Rock. No, not Top of the Rock yet. That's not what it's called. Rock the Vote. I searched on Google Dwayne Johnson president and the Rock president. Joe, we've got some news. We do. Elizabeth Warren says she'd welcome a Dwayne Johnson presidential bid. Quote, who doesn't like the Rock? That's awesome. Maybe she can be his running mate. I know he, he can would be fight her for the mate. principles that he believes in. He's my kind of guy, the 2020 presidential candidate told Entertainment Weekly with a laugh of Johnson, who asked about his frequent flirtations with running for president. <laughs> 
cross-party Warren Johnson, Warren Rock ticket. I mean, I'm down. Yeah, The Rock doesn't need to have a party. I just want him to run into, like, as The Rock, you know? Plus, two, so two things. Number one, I would like to see, like, what our president says about The Rock if he was running, <laughs> you know, because he would have to slander him because he can't not. But The Rock also, like, gave him the people's elbow. Oh, man. Stone Cold stunners yeah. the president. So, like, The Rock can be like, well, Stone Cold's on my side and he'll come over and stun. Like, it could, it, it could go devolve into pure chaos. And we're, like, at, like, a point where, the, where there's not enough pure chaos to make it fun for me. So, like, I want it to go full send. I, I kept saying that I want Vince McMahon to run for president because I think that he could just, like, we could just do it. Like, he's the heel and just let him come out and be like, I'm mixing it up today. And like, everybody in the Republican Party is Democrats. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. just just fully make it WWE theater. I would be I would be much happier. And I also want to hear what uh, derogatory nickname he throws at him. Like, would he just call him Rock? Or would he call him, like, some kind of, like, Samoan? Like, I just want to know Samoan. The big like, goof or something. Yeah. yeah. You know, he, wanna... he would come up, he has to come up with a good name for him, too. Like, Muscles McGee. Muscles McGee keeps talking over there. Yeah. And you have a Rock bench press him on stage, just because, you know. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, I want The Rock to challenge him to, like, an arm wrestling contest, right? Like, like that. There's no debates. There's just, like, feats of physical fitness, and The, the Rock and him go at it. It's, like, golf tournament and, like, bench pressing. Love and, it. like, see who wins. Love yeah. it. Um, and that's, you know, that's the news for Rock the Vote. So, again, not happening yet, but it's still percolating. It's still, get, you know, it's getting traction. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I still want Elizabeth Warren to become president and then nominate him and unify the country uh, one party to another. Like, that's that's the dream. You know what I mean? Like, Elizabeth Warren runs. The Rock is her running mate. And then as soon as she gets elected, she steps down and The Rock becomes president. <laughs> It's like a full, it's like a reverse, right? She pulls out a reverse card from Uno, throws it in, <laughs> throws it in Congress. I mean, it's better than these out. like wild draw fours that we've been having the last four years. You know what I mean? Exactly. Fucking chaos right now up in this Uno bitch. All right, Joe, the Fast and the Furious minute, minute eighteen, a minute I call the Zen of racing preparation. That's a good title. But if you win, you get hurt too. It's a good title for a minute that has basically nothing happening. Nothing. When I was watching this, I was going to ask you, I vote this for the most boring minute we've done so far. Cause, yeah, because even the, the even the first minute where nothing happens, at least we have the title comes in, we have some dif- different colors. Like This is just literally open Nas, open Nas, psych myself Play up, Grand psych Christmas. myself up. Playing, it's just yeah. There's not a lot going on here. I mean, you need it. Like in the in the scope of the movie, it's very necessary. But watching this one minute chunk, it's like. I mean, the notable moment we have, we have Monica, like we have the end of the Monica speech with Edwin. We finally get like, we've we've heard them talk about and we've seen signs that you've been cataloging about Nas the entire movie. We finally see it in use. So that's kind of cool. We just see them turn it on, not in use. We just see them prime the Nas 
bottles, yes. Brian's got two big tanks in the back seat. Yep. You know, Dom's got four medium-sized canisters under the passenger seat cushion. Yep. Um, I mean, I think that anybody who... The two has, large has bottles movie, is cool, and I made a note of that because he says, I'm going to need the big bottle. And then he's like, no, make it two. Like when he's arguing with yeah. Harry. So we see continuity that he did request two large NOS bottles and has two large NOS bottles in his car. Even though he still does not know when to use them. Yeah, too you know. soon, Junior. We got Danny Yamoto uh, playing PlayStation. You you pointed out, because I think this is a game that you played that I never played because I never really had... I don't think I was into racing games back then, but it, yes. the original, the OG Gran Turismo. It is, yeah. So I went to look it up. I thought it was... It was either Gran Turismo 1 or 2. I went and um like watched some screen you know, like arcade playing and stuff like that of Gran Turismo on YouTube, and it's definitely Gran Turismo 1. It's the exact same game, so. Uh, the song is still Lock It Down by Digital Assassins, but Joe, why don't you pick out one or two cool things, car details. The one that I liked was that when Brian opens his laptop next to him, the, the program he's running is Nas Program 2.0. It's like, ooh. <laughs> yeah. So um, Brian's, like, media center his yep. screen in his car mm-hmm. it, like that pops up that's a real thing it's a the mobile multimedia station the cva no, no, no. 1005 oh yeah it's cva 1005 but i forgot to add it but it's alpine it's just like oh, all yeah, the okay. other car equipment that's in there that's what i was saying okay i found like a picture of it and obviously it didn't run random screens like that i mean i guess maybe you could have plugged something else into it if you have the playstation running on the other one but it had like a pretty basic multimedia display and then his computer is running nas program 2.0 and i have the whole dash all the words and numbers that are on the screen i took note of those dfgg 0 stage one ready stage two stage three and the last cool thing that i found danny emoto's car it, he has a viz decal on the hood viz is a company that still sells body kits for cars so it's still in use and you can buy Viz parts for your car still today. And I always, I like looking at the, uh, you know, because these cars were owned by other people. So like some of these like shops and stuff, like, you know, we looked up like the the infrared racing or whatever last time, the website and it's dead. So like, it's cool to see which of these still exist and don't. And I do want to point out, this has nothing to do really necessarily with this seat. Although I think it's, I think Brian's, uh, yeah, because it's the racing seat that he's using is a Sparco. The yep. Sparco is all throughout too fast too. So, you yes. know, I, and a brand name that I had never made note of or paid attention to before the minute. Well, now they I sponsored see us. You mean when until they sponsored us? Until they sponsored us, of, of course. Yeah. So not not a lot going on, but I do feel like the race is going to begin next Very minute. Soon. So that's yeah. Thank God. <laughs> all right, let's take a break. Let's bring in Kara for the driving school lap episode two, too fast, too furious. Right after this. Classrooms, Chapman School Fleet. <laughs> the Chapman School is a full-service boating school, maintains a fleet of power and sailing vessels for teaching practical underway boating skills. Chapman.org. Well, thank you, Chapman. And Joe, just as Brian taught Enrique how to yes. steer a car, we are here teaching Kara how to watch these movies. Kara, welcome back to talk about Too Fast, Too Furious. My prediction to you, not not on microphone, but via Facebook Messenger, was that you were going to like this movie more because it is a visual 
treat for the senses. Before we get into it, did you like this movie more or less than the first one? Less. You built me up for this. Oh, oh I'm much. so sorry. Okay, yeah. sorry. I was kind of disappointed. I tried to like talk it down like, I don't know about the plot, but I'm just saying visually. So visually, just alone, did you like the visuals of this more or less than the first one? Um, I, less, actually. I uh, Really? Okay. Yeah, the, I found the camera work distressing for my brain. I, I get very chronic migraines, and like a lot of motion uh, can mm. kind of trigger that. I don't think there is a static camera shot in this entire no. movie. Like It's constantly moving. Very possible. Yeah. I will say, though, that this is one of the two or three that people do not like very much. Like This is... In terms of like the consensus kind of rankings, this is one of the lower ones. So you were through one of the quote-unquote bad ones. Okay. Um, This is one that I have, over time, liked more. Yeah, this is one that for sure that I think is a little bit tougher to love maybe than a lot of the other ones. So you have... uh... I mean, I didn't not like it. I just didn't like it as much as the first one. Very Um, good. Before we talk about it, though, Carol, we've got some more either-or questions for you inspired by this movie. Are you ready for these? I'm ready. All right, first up, are you more of a Roman, a.k.a. Tyrese, or a Tej ludicrous. Oh, definitely a Tej. Yeah, Tej okay. is a good quote. Tej we talk about a lot, and I don't want to spoil what he becomes, but he has quite a reversal of sorts. <laughs> like, he goes from being, like, this, you know, goofy kind of clownish, huge Afro entertainer, host, whatever, and he becomes, like, basically a superhero by the end of the franchise. And you will see... Nice. In which ways, but, uh, you know, Roman kind of the comic relief, Tej, this... Roman does not become a superhero by the end of these movies, as you will see. He does some superhero-esque things, he's just kind of the clown. He's He's the the true clown in these movies, yes. Ooh. (laughs) Twisting. This one can go for anything. So are you, so say the three of us are pulling a job, okay? We are going to go steal some DVD players, we're going to steal a a cigar from an impound lot. Are you more of a racer? someone actually driving the car or are you more of a designer sort of the help the man in the chair as we learn from the new spider-man movies are you more of a racer or a designer oh probably a designer like we're talking logistics we're talking support staff we're talking coordination Mm -hmm. yes absolutely joe what did you say are you a racer or are you a designer no i like tinkering too much yeah you and i are both designers that's right i I don't like the planning aspects of it but from the design perspective like I would want to pick out, like, which parts go in and, like, you know, what kind of decals I had and, like, what would be a better part than this. So, like, the design aspect Mm -hmm. from that perspective is what, like, really drives me there. Yeah, all important things. All important qualities to have in a designer. Yeah. In a team, of course. I think that's going to be all the either-or questions because we've got a lot more movies and we don't have that many more questions. There's some that I have to save for future movies, but... uh, Let's kind of get into it. Before we talk about Too Fast, we had you watch the turbocharged prelude, the six-minute short uh, where Paul Walker drives, where Brian O'Connor drives from L.A., not to Detroit, uh, which was your <laughs> guest last time, drives to Miami, uh, meets up with Minka Kelly halfway halfway home. What did you think of this little six-minute short? Oh, I thought it was fun. You liked it? Yeah. I do think it's fun. I wish that it had more of anything. Like, I wish it had more to latch <laughs> on to. But as the montage in between, so Brian has told us, Brian from High School Slumber Party has told us that this, on like the the version that he had that he first watched Too Fast, Too Forever, it would play before the movie. I think it was on the VHS copy. Yes, on the VHS copy. But it does not exist on the DVDs. Yeah, so like when you'd start the movie, you would get this 
first clip and then it would go like into the movie and so we're we've, we're very fascinated by that that's why it's like it should be watched beforehand but and there was there was time between the release of the first movie and this one so it was like a little like like crash course refresher as previously seen and then we get to Miami. Right. When we watched it for the first time, we were like, is there supposed to be dialogue? Because it feels kind of like one of those things that somebody uploaded to YouTube where it's like, if we upload the actual video, it's going to get taken down. So let's just put some like weird rights-free, like, you know, public domain music over it. But like, nope, I think this it. is just what it yeah, is. Yeah, it's really that. Would you, I guess, so, so here's, a, here's a question. I don't know if we asked last time. Would you watch the first movie again? And would you watch the six-minute turbocharged prelude again? Or do you think you get it? from the, the, turbo pre, tur, the turbocharged prelude. I get I mean, he just drove across the country. What's yeah, there exactly. Get? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, so we were like, we saw it. It's good enough for us. Like, I remember. Yeah. Like, we'll do it for... I mean, it's like a, a fun visual thing, but, like, they also could have just had one line where he says, oh, yeah, I just drove from California. You know, like, in the second movie, and that would explain how he got <laughs> yeah. to Miami. He's like, damn, I've been on the run from California for the past two months. And, like, that that's the whole, yeah, exactly. the whole prelude, yeah. I mean, time in the franchise is a very sort of slippery thing, but he's been in Florida long enough to, like, develop a nickname and be known by the community and sort of be, like, respected and also kind of feared and also, you know, kind of but loved from, and everything. But he's from so, Florida, so he's, like, kind of, like, rekindling his previous... I thought he was from Barstow. Yeah, Barstow's in California. Oh, is it? No, it's in Florida, I, I thought. No. Bar... I'm Googling it. I don't, don't think so. Barstow's in Florida, because that's how he knows Tyrese, from Florida, right? Barstow's Barstow in California. is in California. Oh, damn. San Bernardino, My California. My world just got flipped upside down. <laughs> yeah, I thought they were just always like talking the Fresh about... Prince of Bel-Air. I thought they were always talking about Florida. There is a Bartow, Florida... But not a Barstow. Barstow, no, and Barstow is the uh, you know that Barstow is meaningful. No, I I don't know why. I guess it's natural, I guess, to assume Florida because that's where he meets yeah. back up with Roman. But no, I always just assumed that he was just a California boy because we know. I mean, just look at him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's weird that we've never we've never discussed like fifty three episodes in we've never discussed <laughs> no where Barstow is and we were both like oh no we know exactly where it is and then suddenly we were both like wait do we no I I really always thought it was Florida I did I just assumed they had met and hung out in Florida and the, but I guess the now that I know that they both wound up in Florida but they're from California very strange yeah. yeah side note was there a question do we have like a because you know Joe like in past laps we've had like what's the first thing you think of when you think of this movie did we have a question last time that I kicked off the conversation with or no it's, it's always something you learned it's always what do you remember like what's the first thing you think about when you think about this movie no that was last lap because that, that was a walk down memory chain that was specific for that lap yeah I don't know if we had a question Kara do you remember why would I remember anything I know yeah, about anything in jet, like just generally speaking, let alone <laughs> That's true. specific to this podcast. Well, Carol, let's get into it. You know, once again, kind of the floor is yours to kick it off. What did you like about this movie? What did you dislike about this movie aside from the moving camera? You know, do oh. you have favorite new characters? Do you have, you know, new thoughts on Brian? Whatever you want to hit us with, go for it. Um, well, I was a little bit disappointed because we talked so much about the fashion in the last one. And in this one, I feel like because it takes place in Miami and everyone's like too hot and sweaty, people just aren't wearing as many clothes. It's not as much too layers. Yeah, it's much, it's much more skin. Yeah, so that was a little disappointing. But What did you think of uh, Monica Fuentes, Ava Mendez, a.k.a. Mrs. Ryan Gosling, her look, which I, I don't know if I ever, I think I just assumed it was kind of like the dress, but I think she's wearing her like lacy black bra with the dress tucked under it. Yeah, that's a very interesting costume choice. Rachel and I were talking about this when we watched it, like the last oh. lap. 
I'm going to try and find a picture of what you're it's talking It's when they're about. in the club when they put the rat on the guy's yep. chest and they heat it up, heat up the bucket and the rat, she you know, starts chewing the guy's chest. She has a skirt and a bra on. Yes. She has, like, a long skirt so, and a bra. Yeah, she's wearing, like, a silk slip and a yep. black bra. And the slip only covers about, I'd say, a third of her breasts. And then, like, the rest of it is the bra just hanging out it feels like intentionally like sort of like below and like i think that's like yeah. an interesting fashion choice well actually earlier in the film and let me see if i can find here it is when we first meet her she's wearing a similar albeit different bustier of sorts okay <laughs> so it's like it's actually oh, yes. the outside piece is the same color as that silk it's like a beige I don't know. Why is she wearing that? She looks fine in that color, Ooh. but they could have put her in like an actual color. The bra that she's wearing underneath is more of a peach color and they like this one it has some boning in the... some boning. boning. Can, yeah. you, can you define boning for us please? So boning and this the word comes from when they used actual like whale bones and shit uh like in the 17 and 1800s. Okay. They basically give the garment structure Okay. So if you look closely to like at her solar plexus and that those stripes uh, down, just, the downward stripes, yeah, okay. that is the boning, and that in a, a corset like piece like this gives it more structure and more form. Structure is the only word that. Thank you. There you go. Yes, it fits her better. It's like more more fitted. Yeah, I mean you can achieve a fitted look like that without the boning. I think the boning. I don't know why you would put boning in something like i don't know decoration but man. why do you do anything with clothes yeah, i don't know that's, yeah, that's a common fashion. feature fashion, of tops baby. like that though so one thing that is uh, i think of particular note in terms of the colors and i don't know if you notice this cause i don't think it's supposed to be intentional i don't know that joe you or i realized this until i read in the Go trivia ahead. you know obviously the cars in this movie are very vibrantly colored like susie's got that that beautiful neon yes. pink car all the cars really pop i mean it's really miami but they had painted all of the houses in the background of these like racing streets like muted beige-ish colors oh, kind of no, the color that this. that ava mendez we talked about this i think on the mic lap oh. um, so you might have forgotten but kind of the color that ava mendez is wearing in this picture Kara. like mm-hmm. they kind of painted a lot of the houses that to like make the cars pop even more yeah i see that there's a thing about beige i don't know you know she i mean she's gonna look good in whatever she, she wears but they could have so they could have put her in a, a, a more Actually, actually, actually not true because the last outfit that she wears in the movie, I mean, she looks fine, but it's a terrible, terrible outfit. It's Do you just, have a picture of that one? Yeah, let me find one. It's just a like a plain white t-shirt Ugh. that fits kind of weird. <laughs> Some like flared khakis with a horrendous wide brown belt on it. Ooh. Just bad. Belts are a big thing in the franchise, as we talked about Clearly. last week with Michelle Rodriguez wearing multiple belts. Yeah, she's gonna well, I mean, one. belts were, were big in the early 2000s. Yeah, that was... Accessorize. Was the belt. What I even love about, you know, Ava Mendez's outfits, and I feel like this might become the fashion lap show, and I am totally okay with, with that. It. In the middle of the movie, when she is on the boat with Brian, and she's like, they're coming to kill you, and like, she had just gotten out of the shower, like, her hair is wet, then she's wearing that, like, shirt, and like, she, like, tied it up. It's like she... Just got out of the shower, like she put her hair up quickly, just because she's like, I had to tell you they're coming to kill you. So this that is a bad example great. because she's like looking over her shoulder and looking like particularly hot. But I just take it from me. To, to be if honest, this, this kind of yeah. this kind of like tickles something in my like 2000 <laughs> horniness. You know what I that's, mean? That's definitely early yeah. 2000s hair, though, yeah, too. Yeah, like, yeah. The, like the but type like, of highlighting and the feathering. As bad as this outfit is, part. like I was just like so grasping onto sexuality at this point when it mm-hmm. came out. Even when I see this today, I'm like, ooh, that's kind of hot. 
You know what I mean? Like, so it, it just like it t- it's nostalgia horniness, but it's not yeah. like yeah. I would agree that you know, in literally every other scene and every other outfit that she's in, much she looks better. better than yeah. I mean, she still doesn't look. I mean, she's in she's in the white bikini here. You know, she's in like all, all these outfits where she just looks great. Or like what I said, like what I was, I was trying to say before, like I don't. I think it's just like the weird fashion style, like what they wanted her to look like, but she's quickly getting out of the shower like let him know that they're on the way to kill him or whatever but she still has the time to tie her shirt in like a, in like a half <laughs> shirt it's like well why don't you just have the t-shirt on like oh because they want to see you, you have a beautiful like you know you worked on your abs like let's show them off but can i ask again, Kara like, it's just, a question it's just kind of can i ask you yeah. a question Kara, about shirts that maybe you know the answer to <laughs> sure do you think that maybe to possibly explain joey's uh question that maybe she leaves her shirt already pre-tied and that she just <laughs> threw it on like that? Or do you have to re-tie it every time you tie a shirt? Listen, I have seen shirts that come pre-tied. So like, see, Joey? So this could have been a pre-tied shirt. She could have just picked it up and it was already tied in a knot. And then she'd have been like... I always thought, and maybe I was wrong, that shirts were tied in the back. This is tied in the front. No, the, the early 2000s, late 90s tie in the front was big. Yeah, it's, she's, it's a blue, it's a blue shirt. baby one more time. Yeah, it's a tie in the front. Mm. Yeah. This is like in a knot. Yeah. Like, this isn't like in a bow tie. Like that, Not like Britney, because I mean, Britney, you know, with the, the tails, which, yes. uh, you know, we will get to that kind of outfit in a few movies for Kara. No, I think that... This the, is just, it just caught me off guard. Yeah, no, but you could, like, like Kara's saying, I think that she just had it pre-tied, and, you know, it's like her pajamas a shirt and she just was like oh shit i jumped out of the shower listen the pre-tied thing was your theory not mine. okay, okay. <laughs> i just said it's possible it's possible okay i was right oh, here art okay. of the possible so here's uh, a better example of the terrible belt with the pants but it still might make joey horny or joe horny sorry you both have but i mean both name. of us you're not yeah <laughs> yeah man it still does it for me I like it. It's just like, it's like a woman that like fell out of a Banana Republic or something. Sure. Oh, it's very Banana Republic. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. That's totally my speed. In a similar note, just while we're on the, on the topic of like plain white tees, uh, Sydney Sweeney, who is the, on Euphoria, I don't know how to describe her. She's the, she's the one dating the college guy. She's the yes, blonde. Yeah. She posted on Instagram. She's like, my favorite, my favorite outfit, just a pair of jeans, and like a white t-shirt. And like, she just has a video of her, like, you know, like a, like a quick selfie in the mirror or whatever. It's like, yeah, because you look gorgeous. And like, you're just like, <laughs> you're, you're like you're like of course like like if you're comfortable and you look as good as you do like even Mendes can pull it off you can pull it, I mean just yeah keep exactly. it simple and it works yeah Carol we call that like a chunky belt though is that a, is that a word you used already in this episode a chunky belt um I would say a wide belt what's a chunky chunky belt? certainly works I I would say that it would be chunky if it had more um depth to it like if it was chunky oh okay okay, okay. Like thick <laughs> thick going out yeah. third dimension. Yeah, I had a comment because you said you didn't like the camera work of this one. It wasn't... Oh, it's not that I didn't like it. It just made me feel ill. Yeah, you know, motion sickness. I get it. Which, by the way, did you guys realize this was directed by John Singleton? That's what yes, I was getting did. to! You just sucked the thought oh, out of sorry. my head. <laughs> no, it's okay. Yes, this was the only one directed by John Singleton. Justin Lin, yes. right? Mm-hmm. He does the, the next grouping of them. He does three through six. Yeah. And he's back for nine. If you didn't enjoy the nauseousness of the camera work in this one, Justin Lin steals a little bit of that, but it also has a different feel. He adds a level of, like, slickness and professionalism to the movies that, like, they kind of feel from here. Of dirty indie movies in a way. Like, they're bigger budget, but they feel kind of like small sort of productions. Mm-hmm. They, starting with the next one, which we're going to skip for now, because three takes place yeah. chronologically later. We're going to try this out. We're going to go to four, which he also did, but, like, three, four, five, six are, like, these are like glitz and glamour. Like these are, they look 
like Hollywood movies. Not that these don't, but these like really do. If that makes sense. Yeah. A couple of months ago, uh, you know, the, the game HQ trivia. Yes. They, one of the questions was something along the lines of like, which fast because there was a whole Fast and Furious themed night, mm-hmm. um, and they had one question which was like, which of these Fast and Furious movies was directed by an Oscar winner? And it's like, huh. Who won an Oscar? Oh, right. Yeah, John Singleton. So, yeah. I mean, first of all, rest in power. But, like, he's... Yeah. Aside from Rob Cohen, who is, if I don't know if you know, but a monster. Uh, he's done some <laughs> terrible, terrible things. But, you know, John Singleton, like, genuinely accomplished, you know, Boys in the Hood, a great director. And, yeah, he... He brought his uh, his flair here. Yeah, and I, I definitely appreciated it. My brain is broken. I get it. No, no, no. I get it. It's it's very movie. Like, moving. It's very moving. The camera sense work. Mm-hmm. So, or camera work sense. Sorry. My brain's also broken. So, Carol, what did you think of a movie in which basically everyone and everything is new? Like, we have Brian, we have Bilkins, but, like, everything else is just like, oh, this is, everything is new. Yeah. Like, what did you think of a whole brand new everything i mean i was a little bit annoyed because i was already like okay i've met all these people yep. it's my understanding that i'm gonna keep knowing these people and then none of mm-hmm. these yes. people were there you know it, my least favorite person was the only thing consistent between these two movies <laughs> paul walker the cop yeah. yeah who it's my i have a hypothesis that this character is in fact a psychopath He's just like a murderer. Please explain. Before the drag races, everyone else has their like mantras and they're like all a little nervous and they're getting ready and they're trying to get their head in the game. And he's just sitting there totally calm. Like he just (laughs) doesn't give a fuck about anyone else or breaking the law. Like it remains totally calm, you know, and the only time that he like gets excited is during incredibly insane crimes that he's committing. Well, you know, even in the first movie, because we are going through minute by minute, which I think we mentioned last episode, the minute that we just talked about in this episode, we have, they're kind of getting psyched up, if you remember, before the first race in the first movie, they're all getting psyched up, and like the one kid's playing PlayStation, and they're all like opening the Nas, and Brian, even there, like he's nervous, he's just like, he's talking to himself, he's like, you're gonna gonna win, win. I'm gonna win, win. you're gonna win, and like, even that's just kind of like, all right, like that's a little a little psychopathy, mm-hmm. I would give you. We also have like the running theory that, you know, as he gets a taste of the of the dark side, he wants more. I see it, you know, like even watching here, like, you know, as he he only gets his rocks off when he's committing heinous crimes. So And also mm-hmm. he's a cop. Yes. I mean that's just one more for the psychopath column. Fair. Not incorrect. Although, you know, that's gonna that's a that's a thing that ebbs and flows for sure throughout these movies. What's actually very interesting, and I don't really want to spoil too much, but the next movie, the one that we're skipping, Tokyo Drift, once again, everyone is new. And so I think there no was one, yeah. a sense in these movies early on that maybe it's kind of like what they did sort of this summer with Hobbs and Shaw, where it's like Fast and Furious Presents. It's kind of like a mm-hmm. different racing story in a different part of the world. Right. But then four which we're getting we're going to do next time next episode is essentially a reboot of the series so it's back to california it's back to the core group that we knew and so after the first movie that people loved then they have this one which like sort of hit or miss on a little bit and then tokyo drift which like hardcore fans love but a lot of people didn't quite connect with it really literally rebooted the franchise so i'm, I'm curious that th- and i think you're gonna like it more i hope I don't want to build up expectations again. Yeah. But if you're if you don't want to learn all about new people, it really kind of brings it back to what it was, and I think that's sort of it starts a new trajectory for the franchise. Interesting. Did you have a favorite new character in this? Was there anybody that you related to or liked or didn't like? But like, did you have anybody that you were watching this time and you were like, oh man, I hope I see more of them? Uh, I well, I liked 
Tej and Suki a lot. I know that okay. Suki yeah. probably doesn't come back, does she? Do you know who she is in real life? Devin no, she does. she does not come back, unfortunately. I yes. know her name. I've seen her in other things. She is. This is this is maybe Joe's favorite bit of trivia about the franchise. Joe, favorite, you hit it with it? favorite bit of trivia. Devin Aoki is the EDM DJ Steve Aoki's younger sister. Right. Yes, I did and, know that. And, and they're the heirs to the Benihana fortune, as in the Benihana chain of <laughs> Japanese steakhouses. I also knew that, but. It was like <laughs> I had known that, but I, you know, wasn't actively in my brain. So thank you for giving me that little. You're welcome. Yeah. Now, did you realize? Because it's not exactly overt. She is our first and kind of only in the franchise uh, gay character. Oh hell yeah! Okay, nice. it was very apparent. Okay. No, I mean it wasn't. I mean, and I think everyone's gay all of the time. I didn't actually <laughs> pick up on that, but I'm I'm behind it. Good. Yes. So. God There's bless. two very little things. When Tej comes over before the race and he's like, you know, Suki, why don't you come back to my, my garage and we can hang out or whatever? She's like, why don't you get the right parts? Like, basically, like, <laughs> he I says, when are you going to pop my clutch? When are you going to pop my clutch? And then after they race and her car suffers some damage after she, you know, makes the jump on the bridge, you know, he again comes up to her and she's like, you know, maybe I'll swing by. And then we had a, a listener write in just like, hey, you know, if it's consent and, you know, it's 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 goods and services, like, I'm all yeah. for it. So, and then, like, later in the movie, I think she's, like, kind of. Like, I think a girl is, like, sitting on her lap or something. Like, there's some, like, kind of canoodling of some kind going on. But she's, like... I cannot believe I missed this. Low-key, kind of subtle. And her whole racing team is all girls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She definitely avoids passes from a few men, mostly Tej, that are, like, yeah, I'm not going to even acknowledge this type thing. So doesn't matter what her sexuality is. Yes. True. You know. Very, but, but, but then it, like, you don't have the right parts. Yeah. You know, yeah. like these kind of things. Like then she gives like the, the gentle nod of like, it's not going to work. Listen, I'm willing to believe it. Same. <laughs> and unfortunately that's kind of like the only real characterization of that, that we have in the, in the franchise so far. Besides Hobbs. Besides Hobbs. I was trying not to get there. I was trying not to spoil okay. that for us. Don't worry. But, uh, I yeah. won't remember. But what else about this? Did you, so you liked tagging like Sue? Yeah, before we move on, she yes. had quite an interesting outfit. Tell me all about it. At the drag race. Some kind of chaps-like situation. It's oh, yeah. Like chaps and pleather and neon. Yeah, but they're not really chat. They're like... Is this the ugly purple that Jordan and you were talking about, or is this a different no, color? No, this is a different color. This is, I would call this... this like magenta. Maje- like a light magenta, yeah. yeah. Okay. But like chaps, I feel like, are largely connected. They're one piece. Whereas what she has going on is like denim booty shorts, and then on <laughs> top of that, this pleather, what is essentially a garter belt. With, like, thigh-high pleather pant legs that are connected with a little That are, like, skin-tight up top, but kind of loose and baggy down below. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was it's a, a crazy look. time for pants. I think, it, I think it, this might be, like, very rave-inspired, right? Uh, maybe. Maybe she's, like, just... Well, her brother is a very famous EDM DJ, so <laughs> perhaps he... He got her some clothes for this movie. Yeah, I don't it's, use DJ uh, at this time. There's also like a lot of layered cropped camisoles, which is what she's wearing on top. I don't want to derail for a second uh, clothing talk, but I cannot stop looking at this car that Tej has his hand in in this picture. It looks like a car from Cars. Like the racing seat <laughs> looked like eyes, and then the thing on the side kind of looks like kind of like a, a blemish, or something on the cheek. Like it looks like this is. A face. Yeah. Oh, it does look like Lightning McQueen because the because the whole the like the back 
part of the racing seat, mm-hmm. and the way that car is angled, it does look like Lightning McQueen. As soon as you, right? my brain caught it, it looks like he's looking through the windshield. Yeah, yeah. that I just I, I I was I was. Do you know you what? Know, looking at Suki's outfit, but I was also like, that's that's a that's a car from Cars. Do you know that that car is a super much like Brian's in the first one? Oh, very exciting. Yeah, just like different colored. So, but it just like is green one. Devin Aoki is in Debs, which is a lesbian classic. Maybe that's mm. what you're picking up on. Have you is ever she seen Debs? Actually? It's never. It's fantastic. Never. Oh, so is Jordana Brewster? What? I didn't realize. I gotta rewatch that. The Fast Women. So, Devin Aoki's Wikipedia is an American actress and fashion model. Aoki's film roles include supporting roles in Too Fast, Too Furious, and Sin City, and lead roles in DOA, Dead or Alive, which I guess is based on the video game, and Mutant Chronicles. And this is my the reason I'm reading the sentence. She is now considered an icon in the fashion industry by Models.com. Oh, she's married to a dude. She's married to James Bailey. Tell me he's like the whitest dude ever, because it's like the whitest name ever. <laughs> imagine if like... I was married to Devin Aoki. <laughs> no, um, no, no, no. Like, imagine if like Will Ferrell and like a football player had a baby and like oh, that. oh wow yes yeah he that's it's like a the, thousand it's like the percent it's the doofiness of will ferrell but like he, he, he also he could be a quarterback way. he could be like an nfl quarterback yeah. he has like the like the the uprightness of that i mean he looks better in like in in this one for instance but that one picture i was just like oh boy like he looks more like a, a human here <laughs> yeah. but that other one is just like oh boy a little drew Brees in him a little bit is what i'm a saying bit. so he's a quarter he's a quarterback version of will ferrell he, that's yeah if will ferrell was playing a young quarterback in a movie that's what he would look like they look both cute together and not cute together and i think mostly because i think she's pulling off the cute and i think that it just he I don't know if he's working for me. Yeah, same. He's not a juicy boy. So, Carol, what else? So, you liked Tej, you liked Suki, you liked the, the way they interact. What do you think of Roman, of Tyrese, of baby boy himself? Uh, he's great. He's hungry. So, we learned that John Singleton let them improv a lot of these scenes, or he would tell them, you oh, know, just like do what your character would feel. Was it Kate that said it? She was like, that's awesome because that means that Tyrese's go-to improv tactics are to eat and take his shirt off. <laughs> his whole thing, like if they were like, you know, Tyrese, just do something here. He'd be like, okay, give me a candy bar. And that's like, like I can't get that out of my head every time I watch this movie now. I'm just thinking like John Singleton's like, okay, you know, like what would your character be doing? And he's like, he'd be hungry. I think that might've been Gwen. I think that Maybe was, Gwen? I, I couldn't Gwyn, remember. What I do like is that there's the one scene on the bridge when it's like before their final heist and they're sort of coming up with a plan and it's Brian and Roman and they're there and it's like the sunset and he's just like, why are you always eating? And Roman's like, you know, I've been inside. I know that, you know, I'm not going to pass up food, blah, blah, blah. My doctor says I've got a high metabolism. It's the way that, that Tyrese, the actor, is like saying the lines. And I think the way that Brian, the actor, or that Paul, the actor, He's just like like laughing like he can't like can, like he just looks so happy. It's like that feels real and like because I I I don't want to be mean to to the dead, but like Paul Walker's not that good of an actor. He's mailing Paul, this. You know in. what I mean? He's mailing the and he really hated doing this one. You can just and see so it. in that scene, he's just genuinely having a good time hanging out with oh, yeah. Tyrese. So. You know, I, I like that element of it, you know. There's another little tidbit, Kara, that um, Tyrese and Paul Walker got into, like, a lot of trouble on this movie set because they became, like, really good buddies, and they would just, like, dick off, like, all the time that they weren't shooting, and they would, like, get into trouble because, like, they couldn't find them, or they would come in, like, hungover or whatever, and they were just, like, partying together, and Tyrese and Paul Walker became, like, great friends after this movie, and... Paul Walker was the reason why Tyrese continues in the series because okay. he was like, yeah, yeah, we like we. He's like, no, dude, we need Tyrese back. But it was like a one-off movie. Like Tyrese is just like you know a second character in this one. Mm-hmm. He's not supposed to be like a big part of the 
franchise. But now he's family. But now he's family. Yeah, I mean, they were, the two characters are supposed to be old friends. And like that feels really tangible. I think it feels really authentic and real. Yeah. I think it's partly the script, but I think it's mostly just the chemistry between the, the men, right? Like, between the actors. It just, like, feels like, oh, they want to be doing this together. Like, even if, you know, Paul doesn't want to be doing this movie right now, you know, it feels like they want to be here together. The other one bit of background trivia I want to share with you, Kara, is that they had written two versions of this movie, one with Vin Diesel, one without Vin Diesel. I think that he had chosen to go do, like, a, a Riddick movie, I think. I think he did maybe the Chronicles of Riddick at this time. And so he wasn't in there because he wanted something like... 25 or 50 million dollars or something they come back that it's like mm, we're good um, I mean obviously he does come back because you know him sort of as the face of the franchise but like this could have been like a wildly different movie if he had chosen to be and I don't know what that story would have been if it would have been him sort of on the run from the law and Brian going after him again or whatever but uh didn't happen but what else about this movie did you either like or dislike i mean i don't want did to... you like the plot yeah it was fine it's it's still kind of a very loose plot right yeah. like Carter Vrone's bad guy. They need to, like, race to work for him to catch him. But he's just general bad guy. He, like, probably... What Do they even say that he's in drugs or no? I think he's just in generic... I think we've talked about this before. I think just it's crime. just generically import-export crime. I liked that when Brian and... Roman. Roman. When the cops give them their cars... They yes. are yellow and purple, which are complementary colors. Oh, and Vikings colors. Yeah, there you it's go. True. Do you think that Tej is a shitty friend for not telling them that he was going to make them jump over a bridge <laughs> in the middle of a race? I don't know. I mean, this is entertainment, you know? <laughs> okay. I yeah. feel like was- they're signing up for something that is already very risky. If it were me, I would be so pissed off. <laughs> Because I would be like, fuck you, why didn't you tell me? I fucked up my car, fuck yep. you. Everybody just seems okay with it at the end, too. They're just, like, so friendly about it. They're like, that Tej got us again, you yeah. know? Like It makes you think, like, what else he's done, right? Like, what other, what other <laughs> stunts has he pulled that, like, this isn't, like, a catastrophic whatever? <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> like, I think people have died on his watch. They had to have. And yeah, they're I'm like, sure. well, we're all alive. Because, like, Suki pulls up, her car is, like, broken to shit and and she's like cheering as she pulls up at the end everybody else is like yeah you lost the race like she's out money she's like 10 grand in damage in her car at least yeah, she's out 3500 for the race and then she probably owes you're right like 10 grand on the car like she just lost 13 grand or though maybe not like maybe she's gonna sleep with tej and like he'll just take care of it i mean that's possible or or that they have some kind of deal worked out or she gets a certain amount of money as a second place prize winner yeah but also i mean that looks like so fun the jumping the bridge yeah i mean like so like like as as pissed off as you might be you might also be like yo that was that was fucking cool yeah like i'm still alive and you just got like a huge adrenaline rush and there is the time like some of them do bail right like they're just like oh i'm not doing that the last guy yeah the last guy he's like oh fuck that sucre right isn't that sucre from prison break is he the one who bails or is he the one who jumps and and, like doesn't do well oh no who's in the race it's it's paul i mean it's brian it's suki it's it's whatever like the fubu basketball jerseys Brian Suki, the kid in the basketball jerseys, who has the the Supra, and then you have the kid, the the Spanish guy in the RX-7. Yeah, he's that's Sucre. He, that's he's he's from and Prison Break. Yes. That's Amori in Alaska. Yes, and he's the one that bails at the end. He's right, like, yeah, now yeah. fuck this and doesn't do it. Because like, that's the smart move. Like if you see a bridge go yeah. up, it's like what are you doing, man? Yeah, I would have been like, I'm out. Even Especially in my because he was already losing. Like there's no yeah. reason to destroy your car. 
Yeah, this is another thing. So Suki's losing. She knows she's not going to make the money for the race because she because they they jumped. You know what I mean? She's like way behind. And then she's like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm still going to break my car over this. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a certain amount of like needing to keep up with the guys. Machismo. Yeah, and it's not so much like ego thing necessarily as like a oh they're gonna give me shit if i don't at least try this ah, sort of thing okay something i didn't think about this is why it's important that you have a woman's perspective on this, show. <laughs> this is, we, we just said this in the intro before you came on somebody wrote in one of our listeners one of our uh fa- not i mean i don't want to pick favorites because it's a sophie's choice but one of our uh, favorite people to get email from because it's just it, 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 it literally we have no idea what he's about to say in an email yeah, uh, he, he especially pointed out um, that he loves when we have female guests on because he loves their perspective. It's a, it's, a, it's a perspective that he doesn't normally have. And yes. he said that he had listened to your first episode, really liked it, and was looking forward to the entire rest of the lap. So shout oh, out Wells. That's so nice. Right? Yep. But he was specifically saying like he likes the female perspectives, and you just said it, and we didn't even tell you that. So that's yeah. awesome. <laughs> so what about this movie, aside from the camera, did you not like? Like, what didn't work for you aside from, you know, it's, it's all new characters, it's a, it's a new world. Like, what here do you wish was sort of different or changed or more like the first or whatever? I wasn't as engaged in the story or the characters as I was with the first It's a little one. bit more passive, I think. Mm-hmm. Just as a movie, it's more of like a backgroundy kind of film. Do you have a least favorite scene? Was there something that you were like, oh god, like why did I do that? I don't remember enough of it to have a least favorite scene. Do you have a, a most favorite scene? It's the scramble. Oh, yes. That's yes. Great. crazy. What a nightmare that must have been to shoot, but it looked amazing. But it would just be fun, too. I yeah. think that that would have been a fun scene to be in. Like, when we, we always talk about this, and we were like, you know, what character would you want to be in these films? Like, what would you want to be doing? And I think a person that was, like, driving my own car in the scramble would be, like, one of the coolest things ever to see come to fruition. I would be watching this movie two decades later and be like, that's me. That's the car that I had. That's me. I was sitting in a hot car for 10 days. <laughs> exactly. But I would still be amped. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're immortalized in this movie that like now has become a huge thing. But like, it would be so cool to be like, yeah, like, look, that's your dad. And, and he's driving his car. Like they asked me to come there. I, w- I would be super stoked on it. I don't want to mischaracterize this character, but it seems like you're mostly sort of indifferent-ish to this movie. Like it's, it's yeah. just a thing you watched. The good thing about that is that this movie is essentially forgotten. When the next movie, when the next one we watch, when Fast and Furious number four comes around, it's the reboot. They kind of retcon the timeline, sort of where people know each other. I mean, characters from this movie, like Roman and Tej, stick around. But for the most part, like, this is just sort of a standalone (laughs) thing that, like, doesn't have anything to do with anything. So I thought you might like the colors. I thought you might like the sort of the different elements of it. But the fact that you didn't is totally fine because, like, it all basically goes away. Great. Which is a weird thing, kind of. I like the Miami setting of it a lot. But, yeah, we, like, pretty much pretty much destroy this whole movie this could this could have easily been a spin-off side story that like has nothing to do with the chronology we just all we do is get introduced to roman and tej for like the grand scheme of things purposes now that i've watched this a bunch of times is it even more apparent now that i'm thinking about it that brian is mailing in so many of these lines in this movie like paul walker just like delivers like the most dead acting of any Fast and the Furious movie in this one. I don't see it as much. I mean, I maybe I have, I'm not close enough. I mean, I'm close enough to it, but I, maybe I'm not close enough to it yet, but I just feel like he's also, it might be that, but it also might be that he's trying to play this like disaffected kind of cool standoffish character. And like, okay. that's like the way that he approaches it. 
and it might just not be work because like, you can yeah, it's like the psychopath factor. Tobin, who has been on this podcast, he was on the episode with Island we were talking about before. When I took his courses for screenwriting and stuff, he always talked about like when you have a character who's bored, the scene doesn't have to be boring. Like just because they're bored doesn't mean that you as a viewer have to be bored. I mean, okay. I guess you can kind of effectively make the viewer bored to sort of bring them into the scene, but like it has to be kind of careful. Like here, I think it's not it's not the directorial choice. I mean, I guess it could be, but it also feels like kind of like just because you want to be standoffish and disaffected, like uninterested, doesn't mean that you should be that as the actor. I guess is what I'm sure. I guess it's a different kind of thing, but I think there's yeah. probably a better way and maybe a better actor, a different actor, a better circumstance or whatever could have done that. I don't I don't know if this movie would be wildly different if he was more into it. You know, cuz it just sort of feels like when he's having fun, that's when you're really invested. You know what I mean? Like when he's racing, yeah. when he's like driving backwards flipping off Roman, like that's what feels that's what stands out to me. It's it's not the stuff that feels disaffected cuz I just I I kind of I guess, brush out to the side. I wish I had, like, a hangover meter in this movie <laughs> to see if this was a character choice or not, because I feel like all of the times that he is having fun, Roman's on the screen, and I think they generally are just boys, and they're having a good time. But there's, like, some scenes that, like, are, like, the in-between parts, and that's when it, like, <laughs> like, Brian's, like, if he's, like, not hanging out with Roman, like, just bullshitting, and he's not driving, then he seems like he's just, like, get me through this scene. Like, I just want it to be over. And that's why, like, the lines are delivered, like, yeah, she's great, she's the best, whatever. And just, like, keeps going. And I've see- I saw it, like, I noticed it mostly this time at the beginning of-, of the race when they race for the muscle cars, right? I don't remember what it was, but just, like, the way he delivered it, it was just, like, he's, like, mid-walking to, like, start the race, and it looked like he almost was just, like, trying to, like, fast-forward through the scene himself. Like, he's just, like, walking and talking as he's, like, exiting the shot. Huh. Just, like... I'm going to get through this one way or the other. This is the last time I'm doing this. And just like was beelining through it. And I was like, that's so weird to me. Well, I think there's truth to that. Because what we learned in the diagnostics thing last time is that he was actually doing a lot of these driving stunts. And so like if you're having fun doing that and you're not yes. into the script or you're not into exactly. the shoot or whatever. And you want to be like, I just, you, you got it, right? Like we're, we're good here. Like I can see absolutely. I mean, I don't, I don't really pick up on that as much, but I'm also not looking for it. Like yeah, it might be it kind just... of confirmation bias in a sense, like not in a bad way, but like you'd seen it and now you're looking for it. You know what I mean? So that's what I'm at, yeah, that's why I was asking your perspective on it because I was like, is it just me who's seeing this because we talked about it and it was fresh in my brain right. when I was watching it or is it, you know, something else? And I really like your theory that maybe his character's trying to play like Joe Cool. Maybe he's just being like, but he's not a good enough actor to pull that off. Yes. Yeah. He's trying to be disaffected by it, but it's mm-hmm. really it comes off like he's trying to rush through the lines or something. Yeah. Why was he so unhappy on this? I think that at one point he said he never wanted to do sequels of movies. Like he wanted to be like a serious actor. Oh. Okay. And like and he said that he never wanted to he was gonna because he was gonna be Superman, right? So when we watched the I Am Paul Walker documentary that came out like a year or two ago, like he was basically like I think they offered they him. They were about to he was about Superman. to like, go to set. Like, like he had he done was, like, like I think he had done fittings like he was basically like you're superman if you want i think back like in the brandon routh like superman returns like we want you to be superman for a decade and then he's just like no i don't know it's before that was before that was like 98 i think because it was it was before the fast and furious he's like i don't want to be the face of a franchise i don't want to be the star of one thing for 10 years and then he would go on to be you know the star of this for one thing like (laughs) i think it's just I, i don't know maybe he was just kind of antsy you know what i mean they sold it to him and as we see in this movie they didn't see this becoming a franchise here 
Like, he was like, come on, just, like, let's do a sequel, let's get this over with. He probably needed some money, and was like, yeah, sure, I'll do the sequel, and, like, didn't really feel like doing it, is what I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. When he got there, he was like, oh, Tyrese is really cool, That this is fun, John Singleton's really cool, this is fun. But also, in, like, the first one he did, he did because he was boys with Rob Cohen, right? Didn't he do another Rob Cohen movie, Joey? The Skulls, right? Yeah, yeah. He, so he had, like, known Rob Cohen, and Rob Cohen called him and was like, yo, I got this great role for you. And he's like, cool. He thought this was, like, a one-and-done movie. So when they're like, we're going to change the director that you were friends with, you're going to be in a sequel, mm. like, all of this kind of stuff. I can see, like, if I was, like, trying – if I was young and trying to be a serious actor, and they were like, yeah. now do the sequel, you'd be like, fuck. Like, no, I don't want to do that. Got so it. I'm looking now online. I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to find, like, proof. Because I, I remember – here, but I also don't know if we had just talked about this and like this is just what I'm remembering. But I found Head this thing cannon, on the, on the yeah. LA Times from I guess when he died, probably this came out, or maybe you know, like a, a look back or whatever. But there's okay. this whole like interesting kind of politics thing around how they couldn't bring Vin Diesel back for this. John Singleton and Tyrese had met with Brian or with Paul in a hotel in LA, and he's just like, you know, I like the script, I like the idea, I like shooting in Miami, let's do it. But then he said that, you know, when they had Tokyo Drift, which is the one that we're skipping for now, there was politics, studio stuff, a regime decision, but he was, you know, he effectively dropped out of the series there. And then eventually, like, Vin had to convince him to come back in four. Like, it seemed like whether or not he had a a, a tough time or a rough time or whatever watch, making this movie, it kind of felt like he was done after this. And then it had to be like, Vin, like, no, no, like, we're, it's, it's new now, it's different now, you know, come back. I also can't imagine these movies without him, right? Because even, no. even if he's not having a good time, like he is the entry point into the series. He's the cornerstone, yeah. Mm-hmm. One thing that I noticed, Joe, is that in the scene with the rat on the chest... Yes. Shout out to uh, Ben's girlfriend. Linny. Carter Verone almost gets the fuck, but he doesn't say it. Like, yeah, he, like, he noticed he, that. He says it and then drops it. Like, he kind of like says, like, what the... And just like, oh. Weird. Does somebody get the fuck in this movie? No, I don't think so. Oh. So is it PG-13? Yes. Because oh. you get They're all PG-13, one. so we you track the fucks. So when we had Walt Hickey on from Numlock News, the three of us were talking about... You know, who gets the fuck? Who gets the one in the movie? Like, whether it's going to be The Rock, whether it's going to be somebody else or whatever, we've sort of been looking for that. And, like, in Hobbs and Shaw, the one, it's kind of cool, it's shared. And so, like, when they said it in the movie, like, Joe and I turned, like, they both got the fuck. So it was kind of cool to see. Yeah, because we're like, does Hobbs get the fuck or does Shaw get the fuck? Like, and, you know, there's all this dick measuring in the background of that movie. Yeah, do you think it was in their contract that they both get the fuck? (laughs) Yes. Probably. That's what we were that's what we were eventually getting at. Yeah. That like they were like, Well, if he gets the fuck, I get a fuck. And they're like, Well, there's one fuck in a PG thirteen movie and like, well, we'll Although, share the fuck. Well it's also I mean, I guess just because everything is shifting all the time and like nothing means anything anymore, but you can kind of petition I don't know if you know this, but you can, can you can petition the MPAA to have more than one. Because like the Martian the Matt Damon movie, which the book is great. The movie is not as good. I don't want to be that kind of guy, but the book is great. Go read the book. That movie has two, and then he writes it once. Oh. Well, the writing, I think, would get away with it, right? Because, like, they're just, like, they have, like, these very archaic rules where it's, like, no, you can only say one fuck. And he's, like, what but if he I says it? They say it twice, and it's just, like, oh, huh. All right. Two fucks. Yeah, and that was, like, that was like news around that time. They're, like, oh, he got, like, they petitioned MPAA to, like, no, this is otherwise a PG-13 movie. The movie would be worse for X, Y, and Z if we don't have the two, whatever. 
But yeah, like it's it's like a whole thing. Like you you can you get one, but it can't be I want to fuck you. It can't be in the actual yes, sexually sexual. explicit yes. way. Yeah. It yeah. just has to be for emphasis. Like it's the dumbest thing in the world. It really is. It's all so, such nonsense. You've heard you've heard the like the Mad Stone and Trey Parker Six Days to Air where he talks about like that they have this like old sweet woman that works at South Park Studios <laughs> and they send her to the like MPA every mm-hmm. week. We want to say shit a hundred times in this episode, and she's like, oh god, you know, like okay, fine, and like they just send this old lady to go tell them that that's what they want to do. You know, I will say, the class that I met Jordan in, everyone's favorite beloved Jordan, who's been on the show yes. and does her own podcast with Kara, Wistful Thinking. Yes. Uh, the class that I met her in, we had a teacher in college who loved South Park. And he, like, basically tried to, like, convince... Uh, he must have been, like, 30. I don't know. He he seemed older, but, like, we were 20, 22, maybe. But, like, okay. he was probably 30. Like, he was probably our age. He loved South Park. And I still don't love South Park. I love the movie, because yeah. it is a musical, and I think it's wonderful. In that class, like, I learned to appreciate, especially because of Six Days to Air, like, that whole thing. Like, the fact that they can, like, on a Monday night, like, something can happen, they can write and animate an episode, then on Wednesday, it's, it's airing. And it's just, like... Yes. I think that they are incredibly talented. I do not love South Park, but I thought it was kind of fitting because you just brought it up and because you know that's the class that i met jordan and we became friends that's really cool i didn't know that story the backstory story either did you know that i wrote more papers on south park than anything else in college that does not surprise me but that's very cool (laughs) so awesome now kara speaking of wistful thinking how do you feel about this movie as a low-key kind of contender for a boatcast movie oh good question yeah definitely a boatcast movie for sure. So, Kara, can you explain to Joe and to our listeners yeah, what the boat cast is? Uh, just any movies with boats in them. It's like Monkey Club of boats. Yeah, exactly. It was like a okay. summer series, right? Like last summer. Yeah, last, last summer, summer, but like last not summer. this past summer. We did. What did we do? You did. I was on Titanic. Titanic. We did Waterworld, oh, which was great. great. One. Speed yeah. Two Cruise Control. Um, Speed to Cruise Control, Dead Calm, which was wonderful. I want to say that is maybe it. There might have been one or two other. It boat was movies. really a tug of war between the two of you and your sanity. Like I don't know how many more boat movies we can do, <laughs> but I love the idea of boat cast. And now when I think of a boat movie, you know, it's a it's a contender for wistful thinking. Like this is not really a boat movie, but it's also a boat movie. It's definitely. I a mean, boat they movie. jump a car onto a boat. Listen, like, at that exact moment, I was chanting. Car, boat, car, boat, car, boat. I was very excited that they were going to do that. Also, you know, Brian is sleeping on a boat. Like, there's multiple boats in this movie. There's the, yeah, the boats that they're racing that Tej, when, when Roman meets Tej for the first time. There's boats all over this movie. It's really yes. more of a boat movie. Than, that's not true at all. This is still very much a car movie. But this is more of a boat movie than any other movie in the franchise. So, unfortunately, like, in the boat cast, like, there's one clear contender in the Fast and the Furious franchise, and it is... Too fast. This one, yeah. Th- this is the this is the prime boat movie. Kara, anything else about this movie that you that stuck out to you that you know in this what what seems like you've already purged most of it from your brain? Anything else about it that you either really liked or didn't like, or just stands out, or might be memorable, or like you know six months from you're like, oh right, I remember that weird one thing in this movie. Those guns that they shoot the cars with. Are those real? Like, do those exist? They, like, oh, shoot like the, the cars the, with those weird, like, The EMP, EMP guns. guns? Yeah. In theory, it works. I don't right. know if those EMP guns... I think that they're more likely to be real than it is for, like, someone like Brian, while his foot is on the gas pedal, oh, well, to obviously. rip one off with his bare hands. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, I mean, it is cool as hell, but it's also like, what are, what are you doing, my man? Um, and then my other question about a car thing that I wasn't clear about is that I guess, I guess it's Brian's car. It might have been somebody else's, but when they roll up to that first drag race, there's like steam shooting out the side. Oh, okay. What, I, get, I got that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's not steam. If you have a turbocharger on your engine, the turbocharger uses exhaust to create pressure into the engine, okay? You're adding pressure into the engine with the turbocharger, Which right? you will see, like, in, like, close-up detail in future movies. Yes. What happens is is you want the right amount of pressure, and if you start adding too much pressure, you can blow up the engine. And it equal- so that equalizes it? Yeah, it's it's a blow-off valve, and it's like if the pressure gets to this point, gotcha. it releases some of that pressure. It releases some of the exhaust. So... Steam, basically. It's not steam. It's 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 exhaust. Okay, but it's basically steam. <laughs> yeah. So you're yeah. saying it's not steam, but what I'm saying is that it is steam. <laughs> Am I right? Yes. I mean, like, if it was a steam engine, it would be doing the same thing for the same reason, basically. Yeah, it's it's really, like, it's very interesting that it's, like, coming out the sides there. Like, I don't know where the turbocharger is is on the Skyline engine, but it's usually, like, near the the front, like, the block of the engine, right? Because, like, that's where the exhaust is coming out. So for it to, like, blow directly out the side there is... Is Both sides. It seems like maybe there's some night like, tubing or something that is carrying it to yeah. shoot out both sides and look extra cool. And maybe he's directing it somehow. Like he he piped it to blow through the side of it. There was another car that like was blowing it up. <laughs> it was out. Yeah, yeah. Because it's it's like you know you fit it where it goes, kind of thing. Right. So that's what would change the directions of it. I also have a question about Nas, which I meant okay. to ask last time. So. What is it? <laughs> Nitrous oxide. Mm-hmm. Right. So is that the same stuff that like people do hits of in the parking lots of fish Whip concerts? It. Yeah. Yep. Okay. It's a thousand percent the same thing. So why aren't they just getting blasted on that and, and like wasting it in their cars? Because it will make your car faster, and they're <laughs> they're mer- they're they're definitely more concerned with making their cars faster than their brains slower. Plus, if you win, that seems like a uh, poor use of resources. If you use it to win a race, you can then spend that winning on buying stuff for your brain. Oh, true, 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 true. How much? Yes. Do, I mean, Joe, do you know what like a like the the? I guess if this is again the first one. I'm thinking now of the minute again, but like what one of those big canisters would cost, or what one of the little oh, canisters no would idea. cost? No, I but never like, had a price out in NOS. Can people actually buy that? Like, isn't that a controlled yeah. substance? No, it's really? definitely not. I know this from Wooks that if you from have a what? tank, Wooks, like Wooks, like fish concert. Oh, okay. Groupies, I was thinking, all I could think like of was like Wookies. Yeah, exactly. That's where the word comes from. People that do a lot of nitrous for fun are like the Chewbacca? consument. Do you not know this term "wook"? Like no. what it means? I had never heard it before, and I know a lot of people who go to a lot of fish concerts. And you were definitely doing the thing where it's just like you're saying it louder, like you know, "wooks," like "wooks." Like well, I don't know. <laughs> There's a whole group on Facebook called Colorado Big Game Trophy Wook Hunters. There's like a group of kids that go to festivals, and the, and the stereotype is 
dreadlocks, they borrow everything, they don't mm-hmm. shower, they love nitrous and ketamine. This is like their shtick. Like they don't wear shoes, they're constantly dirty, and like they live to go to fish concerts or music festivals and like camp. Yeah, I know so many of these people and I've just never heard that word before. Really? Yeah. Okay, so it's like it's definitely a common word and like Colorado Big Game Trophy Wolf Hunters go there. Hilarious. And then they have Chads. Chads are all the people that go to Dave Matthews Band concerts. <laughs> and the Chads so and the Wolks are always fighting. It's like Chad Week, and they'll be like, goddamn Chads are in... The-. Yeah, okay. So, what, what were we... Like, what was the original point of this? Why were we... Oh, because if you, cause if you own a tank, or if you can find a way to buy a tank, you can get nitrous oxide doctor dentist grade nitrous oxide like there's a lot of places that will just fill the tank for you it's not a regulated substance that's wild it's like yeah. it's an anesthetic but you can also use it for other things like your car <laughs> so like if you're not like telling them what you're using it for it's it's just a gas right so it like it, they can't really like ban nitrogen well it's not just nitrogen it's nitrous oxide it's a specific compound they don't regulate it. Like, you can just fucking go buy this it. This seems impossible. Want. Can you buy <laughs> Yeah, air gas. I deal with the air gas guys Now, chemically, time. how similar is this to what I use in my soda stream to bubble my water? I think you use CO2 in your soda yeah, stream, Yeah, that's right? CO2. Yeah. So, so it's, it's just, it's a different compound. But yeah, because think about it, both. Carrot. Yeah. Whoa, nailed it. Cool, okay. <laughs> um, but Carrot, you think you can go buy crackers and whipped cream canisters, like... Well, yeah, but like, so what's it? You're like, I have a really big baking shop, and I need a fucking full tank of whippets <laughs> to make my cupcakes and like make my whipped cream. Like, what? Is, you know what I mean? Yeah. There's no regulation there. It's not like they take your ID when you buy those. Yeah, I don't know. We just live in a crazy, crazy country. It's very weird. Yeah, I agree. I know people that are like proud that they own a tank that they fill with with nitrous oxide to consume, and they're like, yeah, dude, like, let's just go get the tank filled. I think there's some states that maybe you can't, but like. You, you can definitely do it. Okay, so I'm looking this up. It looks like you do need, for like medical grade, food grade, scientific grade, you need like a medical slash dental permit, a chemical company like letterhead or construct or a catering letterhead so like you need to have like a yeah for so how hard is it to make catering letterhead well yeah so this is uh success stories about obtaining nitrous fall into the following categories faking those three things okay and then auto grade nitrous is something else so it's its own grade yes it's not consumable it's the same thing it's just the purity level of it. Got it. The gas is generally mixed with hydrogen sulfide. To make it unconsumable? Yeah, it will it make you really sick if you... Okay, so they put something in it to fuck with you if you try to do the nitrous like, yep. whippets from All the Alright, well that answers my question. <laughs> there you go. In... Never mind, I'm not going to ruin that. <laughs> Joey Joey knows what I was going to say, I'm not going to say it. You'll, <laughs> you'll see eventually. Any other thoughts, Joe or Kara, before we play a couple games? Um, I just find Ludacris's speaking voice so soothing, and I want him to, like, read me audiobooks so that I can go to sleep to. Ooh. All right. I do like his voice, too. It it has a nice weight to it. Yeah. You know? It has a nice depth. I, I do like that. That's all I got. Oh, wait. No, that's not all I got. So to circle back to the rat scene, I 
was watching it and I was like, oh, giving giving him the old 1984 treatment because in the Mm. book 1984, that's not actually what happens in the book. Uh, In the book, they put a cage of rats on the guy's head. But this is a form of torture that dates back to like the 1600s, like the Dutch Reform era, uh, where they would use a ceramic bowl and then put a rat in it and then heat that up. And I also learned in that Wikipedia article that this was a form of torture that was used a lot in South America, particularly in Argentina. Where he Carter runs from. Exactly. And he would, like, it would have been going on during the time that he was living there. I found that to be a very interesting detail. That's a very interesting detail. I wonder if they did the research for that or somebody just came up with it. It seems like it can't possibly, it's such a specific thing to do to a person you know it seems like it yeah. can't be a coincidence not like break his finger or something like that yeah. yeah yeah makes sense i think now is the time to play everyone's favorite game this ain't no 10 second race aka boy do we have a podcast Isn't the last game are we playing that game last you are going to ask this question probably every time we play both games oh, uh, God damn it. this okay, always sorry. comes first 100 okay. percent of the time comes i first. believe you my brain just doesn't will not that. remember I'm sorry no it won't i don't remember i don't so, okay, so last episode, I found at VeekThor19 on Twitter, said, hashtag, instead of vaping, watching Hobbs and Shaw over and over again, boy, do we have a podcast for you. Nothing. Okay. Joe, you found at Unflavored Chip, really liked Jesse in the first, or in the Fast and Furious movie, Sad Face, RIP, boy, do we have a podcast for you. Nothing. Kara, you might see where this is going. You found at Nat underscore 421, who replied to at Kylie674, does anyone know of any good podcasts I want to start listening to them while driving to school in the morning? Natalie said, ooh, girl, I got you. I'll DM you some. Boy, do we have a podcast for you? Nothing. Nothing. So again, par for the course. No pressure. Kara sent hers already. So Kara... I'm going to put this here. Um, if you want to read aloud to Joe and to our listeners, please. What you uh, what you found? What podcasts are people listening to? Question mark. Question mark. We have a ton of driving coming up. Question mark. Well, at weekend friends, weekend friends, boy, do we have a podcast for you? Send. Oh my god, I got the most perfect one. Alright, Joe, send yours, because I, I found a couple that I really like, and I want to see if you found one, because I'm going to read a couple, but I'm only, I, found, I know the one that I want to do, but I want to share these three wonderful tweets with the world. So Okay, so read yours, and then I'll save mine for the end. Okay, so first up, I found... So there's this, there's this account at MTA Truth, uh, which I think is just like a parody burner weird account nothing gets likes i don't know what this is but it's just people making fun of the mth i'm not gonna i'm not gonna send this but it just says i don't think that they respond to things so i think this is like a, a this is a weird rabbit hole f trains are probably witches notorious wanted criminal dom toretto nursing student mia toretto odd connections between what i don't know i think this might be a russian bot yeah it definitely sounds like it it also the display name is is MTA truth, but like with Cyrillic characters? I like this. Just feels like one of those where it's like taking one sentence from here and one sentence from here and yeah. trying to form. I mean, a it's sentence. definitely a bot. I just don't know where it's from, but it looks Russian because it's like that's not a normal human syntax. This is again maybe also a bot, uh, but I, I like this one too. At 
Duda Sorte 6, it doesn't matter whether you win by 1 CM or 1 KM, to win is to win, Toretto, comma, Dom. <laughs> That's a great tweet. I That's love a... the Toretto, comma, Dom. I'm going to retweet this as us. It doesn't matter whether you win by one centimeter or one kilometer to win is to win Toretto, comma, Dom. That's a straight Google Translate that came out really interesting. Yeah, and you know, it's not an inch or a mile, it's a, a centimeter or a kilometer to win is to win. Yeah. Boy, oh. do we have a podcast for you. Podcast I'm not going to respond you. to her, because she also does not look like a real person. Okay. All right, the one I am going with, though. Go ahead. It is at Awkward Ninny. Ninny, Ninny on Twitter with a bat in her name. She says, every time someone mentions or I see a corona, I hear Dom Toretto from Fast and Furious say, salute me familia, crying mm. emoji. Boy, do we have a podcast. podcast for you. I have the best tweet of the day. Okay. From Kowak Indo at Kowak Sindo 18. Mm-hmm. It's a reply to a tweet that's been deleted because this is a tweet from October 28, 2015. <laughs> and it's... It's, hi, howdy, where is Barstow? Is it in California, USA, or UK? Boy, do we we have a a podcast podcast for you. For you. So I'm not the only one that didn't know where Barstow was. There's also a Barstow in the UK. There you go. Even better. Wow. Great. Is there? Maybe Maybe not one in Florida, but definitely one in... So as we learned, there is a Barstow. All right, Kara, we are going to play Dude, What's My Car? The car guessing game. Now, last time you helped Joe guess... Do you want to help guess again, or do you want to help me give clues? It's totally up to you which way you want to go. Uh, yeah, let's let's switch it up. Let me help give the clues. All right, so I'm going to send you cool. a picture on uh, Facebook. I'm actually going to send you two. So these this, this picture, this car, came from Joe's wife, Rachel. Hi, guys. Can't wait to hear Joe try to guess this one. Just saw it on Reddit, and this is a super fucking cool car, in my opinion. I'll attach the car. I'll attach, attach the pic with a car name. Bonus points if you can guess the year. Is that a thing? And also the pick of the, just the car. Good luck. Um, cool. And then here's one hint. Ooh. She says, how do you think they parked this thing? It looks like it's 50 feet long. It does. Okay. It's pretty, though. It's a very okay. pretty car. So now let me open up this picture. Hang on. 50 feet long. Yes. that's It looks like it's 50 feet long. Is Rachel with you in the room or no? Yeah. But she's not listening. She has her headphones on. So she's here. Okay. So, Joe, it is American. Okay. And it is uh, a black car. It's black, okay. Yes. Does it have, like, long wings in the back? No. Fins? It no. looks. It appears to be a two-door car. Yes. Okay. Good hint. It's not... This is going to be a bad clue, and I'm going to throw this... Is, I apologize in advance. It is not a hearse, but it's like... <laughs> it's like what a hearse would be if a hearse was cool. Um, except the exact opposite, kind of. Maybe. Because okay. my clue is, is both wildly unhelpful and also weirdly helpful, but probably not. Yeah. Like, this is definitely something. I'm not sure if it would be a Morticia Adams car or a Gomez Adams in a midlife crisis car. Mm. Okay. Okay. Good, good hint. Okay. So not only is the car look like it's 50 feet long, the window is Honestly, probably like six feet, six feet long on the side. Yeah, it's very long. Door is very long. The window is very long. It's very cool. Is it a Cadillac? No, it but is not. I think you're you're kind of in 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 a sense, and again, this might not be helpful. In a sense, you are in the right kind of family. Yeah, that's why I was thinking like. I was thinking either like an old Cadillac or like an old Buick. It is a Buick. Mm-hmm. On the back, there are. Four, the brake lights, there's three red rectangles and a white rectangle. Okay. Separated on either side. It looks like it kind of has, I don't know if this is aftermarket or not. The whole back is kind of chromey. The back 
kind of looks, again, sort of hearse-like, but also from the back, kind of looks like Knight Rider-y, kind of. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I have, yeah. I have a guess. Yes. More Knight rider than Hearst-like. Is it a Buick Riviera? Yes, Whoa. but there is a modification to it, oh, which I, we haven't really described, because I can't really describe it without giving it away. I don't know what the modification is. Uh, it's, the, it's the words in the title. It says 1972, or, it says 72, Buick Rivera, Riviera. <laughs> I don't know if you're able to guess it or not. It's a low rider. Oh. So here's the car. Okay, let me see. It kind of looks like a spaceship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe it's just long oh, like yeah. a hearse. Maybe it's not hearse-like, but it's just long like a hearse. You know what I mean? Like Kind of yeah. like... Yes, it's a very long fastback. I guess that the top didn't go up. Is that what you're saying, Carrie? It just it goes down well, instead? Just, like, a hearse has that whole back part, and that looks like somebody pinched off the back part. Yeah, that's ah. true. That window is the is like the, it's probably the longest window <laughs> that I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. It is. And Rachel doesn't know this, but actually my grandma, my dad's mom, had an 80s Buick Riviera that she had purchased from a former professor at CMU at Carnegie Mellon University. Mm -hmm. Like he was getting rid of it and had this Buick Riviera. So it was like it was newer than this one, but it was like a really wacky car. And I remember my dad had it for like a short period of time. He like bought it from her, sold it or sold it for her or something. In this car, it had like one of the first touchscreen displays and it was like a all green Oregon Trail style <laughs> Mac 2E screen, right? But it was also touchscreen and like you would control the AC and everything from this touchscreen and it was like the wildest shit to me as a kid. Even when I was in it in the early 90s, you know what I mean? Like the mid 90s, we didn't have touchscreens in cars, you know? We didn't have touchscreens. We didn't have touchscreens at all. And this car, this Buick Riviera was like so like specked out that it had like this touchscreen in it. And like, I just remember being hyper fascinated with this car and like that it had this technology. And I was like, what the fuck is going on here? Buick Riviera has a weird special place in my heart. Not one that this, it's this old. Very, very cool. Very good pick too. And I'm glad that I got it pretty quick too. Like guessing wise, right? Like I think I was pretty... I was pretty good with it. You guys gave great hints. I, I I could see the back. When you said like the back was like this weird shape, like the V shape, the older ones definitely had this weird V shape to it. The newer one, like the 80s ones were like more roundy, but that's very, very cool. Well, there you go. You nailed it. Awesome. Thank you. Well, Kara, thank you for joining us once again for Too Fast, Too Furious. Now, important note to you and to our listeners, next time you're on. So next week we're going to do, Joe and I are going to do the Hyperdrive TV series, the Charlie mm-hmm. Theron produced Netflix series, American Ninja Warrior for mm-hmm. cars, Hyperdrive. Next week we're doing that. But when you join us again in two weeks, we are skipping Tokyo Drift. We are going to watch Fast and Furious, which I know is kind of confusingly named, but number four from 2009. Fast and Furious is going to be third. If you're if you're watching along with us, I guess email in family at cageclub.me. Let us know if you yes, are. But we are skipping that. Tokyo Drift for now. Chronologically, four comes next. So, Kara, I hope and I think you're going to like four more than this one, but we'll see. We'll find out. In two weeks. For all things Too Fast, Too Forever, you can go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash forever or at forever on Twitter and Instagram. Email us, family at cageclub.me. Check out our Patreon page at TooFastTooForever.com and vote if you have not yet on the which Paul Walker movie are we watching this lap. Come back next week, as I just said, for the Hyperdrive episode, the Netflix series, all nine or ten ten episodes, I think. And then come back in two weeks where we're sort of rebooting 
new model original parts, Fast and Furious 2009, number four. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe Tu. Oh, and I'm Kara Gallo-Regan. And we'll see you next time right here on Too Fast, Too Forever.